Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Allies of Convenience, the international competitive Warhammer 40,000 podcast. I am your host, Alex Ray. I just want to take a, a moment to apologize for the lack of episodes recently. I've been working incessantly in my day job, uh, and to be honest with you, when you see the amount of uh, coverage we've got for this LVO episode, over five hours of content that all needs to be checked and edited and tweaked and what have you it's a lot of stuff um and it has backed up but do not worry we have got tons of forthcoming episodes we've got loads of recording in the can just need to get this lvo stuff out the way first we've got forthcoming episodes to look forward to uh, on the angels of death and the black legion and crimson slaughter supplements although i will not lie to you it is pretty much all angels of death coverage uh, we've got more interviews to come with high-level players from around the world, as well as some of the newer tournament attendees about their experience, which will hopefully be useful for you guys that are looking to get into the competitive scene. We get over 2,000 uh, plays per episode these days, which means that loads of you guys are probably not regular tournament attendees. Maybe some of you are curious about it, and hopefully uh, we can give you guys some more information about that. Hopefully, as well, we'll be doing uh, some more regular tournament listings roundups so you guys can keep abreast of what tournaments are coming as well. Um, in the meantime, you can check out the Warhammer Forum. If you just Google Warhammer Forum, you will find that information. Uh, speaking of tournaments, the Northern Warlords Team Tournament 2016. Uh, we still have one slot left for that, so if you want to get a team together, uh, there's still one space. All you've got to do uh, is search on Facebook for Northern Warlords Team Tournament 2016 and you'll find the events page. All the information on getting that last team slot uh, ticket is up there and all the information on the tournament as well, of course. We are looking at the possibility of running an AOC event later on this year, once again, after the success of our first GT last November. Uh, looking to do this one possibly on a larger scale and in a different venue. Um, more info on that as we get it. Uh, and also, lastly, before we get into the episode, I just want to say thank you very much to uh, our partner, Element Games. Uh, if you want to order anything online from the UK, uh, I believe they ship internationally as well, if you want to do that. Um, but if you want to order online, you can do so using uh, a link which get, takes you through to the normal website. It doesn't change anything, doesn't stick any nasty cookies on your computer or change anything that you would either normally do. It's literally exactly the same as uh, the normal website. It just acts as a referral that shows that you came through us and helps us as a podcast. So if you can click through or just type into your box uh, on the old browser, bit.ly forward slash element AOC. All lowercase, very simple. bit.ly forward slash element AOC. That will take you straight through to the normal Element Games website and you can order all of your 40k bits plus any number of other game systems and hobby equipment from there at their regular discount and help us out on the podcast as well at the same damn time. And it allows us to do all kinds of cool stuff in the future, hopefully. So without any further delay, let's get into this. Thank you very much to Matt Robertson who put pretty much all of the recording together for this um episodes uh, this is part one of our lvo coverage and we're going to be focusing on the uk attendees uh, at the las vegas open which is the biggest singles event 
in the world right now for 40k in the incredible destination of Las Vegas and you're going to be hearing all about the great games and the great trip uh, that the guys had out there so I hope you enjoy it Hi all, Matt here joined for the VLVO recap by Alex Harrison Hello and Mark Crumblebumble Alright So a couple of weeks after now we've all just about recovered Just Yeah I I think I had a 16 hour nap a couple of days after I got back my body just went and hibernate Yeah Sorry about it I, I had to I took time off work. I got really ill. I picked, I picked up some kind of like plague while I was over there, and Jesse uh, stayed in bed for four days. So from that, I heard Mark fucked a hooker and got herpes. Fact. I don't pay, so it's not like. Oh, it doesn't she, count if you don't pay. She didn't know what hit her. She was still unconscious. <laughs> well, yeah, it was Alex that hit her, and I had to get the bag overhead. <laughs> I'm going to move on from that yeah, before someone gets arrested, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm slightly surprised didn't happen while we were over there. But yeah, that is true. I wouldn't remember if it did, to be honest. <laughs> so yeah, we all got there Monday, late, late on. I think we've been up for, what, 25, 26 hours at that point? Yeah. So Yeah, I mean, I, I got to Manchester Airport very early. <laughs> yeah, a lot Gee. of us crashed. Mark went out for a few drinks and then crashed. But well, yeah, me and Joe, me and Joe went out when we landed because we wanted to avoid waking up at four a.m. Unlike some people. But luckily, you still got up at half past four anyway. Yeah, we had a delightful wake-up call, didn't we? Which one of you threw the big red pillow at me? That was later in the week. No one was doing that at half four in the morning. No. Not- yeah, but yeah, we were all up at downstairs in the casino five o'clock the first morning because it was actually twelve o'clock, one o'clock, something like that. Mm. It was lunchtime, so our bodies were still a little bit messed up, and it was cold outside. It's freezing. It's just typical English weather, though. To be fair, like we were we were used to it. Yeah, I was massively surprised at how quiet the casinos were compared to later on in the week at that point. But, although I think we all lost money quite quickly that first morning, didn't we? Yeah, um, I did. Oh yeah, you put 50 on black, didn't you? Didn't yeah, I, I, I did okay, I lost money on roulette. That was that video roulette was pathetic for me, but you guys did alright on it. No, I think we all lost something in the end. But that was our first experience of gambling in Vegas. Well, not for Mark, because... <laughs> as soon as we landed he was on the slots almost but that was pretty sweet getting the limo as well so we got to arrive in style it was good it was yeah it was good so what Cheap, were you cheaper than two taxis yeah <laughs> cheaper than a taxi from Warrington to Manchester <laughs> uh, yeah don't talk about that <laughs> So yeah, what were you guys' first impressions of Vegas the first two days we had relaxing, just having a look at all the casinos? Yeah, it was nice, it was chill, it was nice to sort of do a bit of sightseeing while we were there and just see the strip for what it is and what we went in pretty much every big hotel there, didn't we? 
Yeah, I can't think of any that we really missed. No, you you took us on a hell of a walk up and down. <laughs> Mark did not enjoy that. <laughs> well, my feet my feet exploded, so that was fun. Those yeah. those blisters were were beautiful. <laughs> but it was worth it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Your idea of of getting the the chips from every casino that was that was good. I'll never run out of objective tokens. <laughs> I don't even know where mine are now. Somewhere yeah. in a bag. Somewhere. Well, Mark's is probably still in his suitcase, as we found out. He still hasn't unpacked. <laughs> yeah, I'm considering unpacking at some point. But... But to be fair, I've still got a few things in my suitcase. I've, un- I've unpacked most of it, but there's a few bits and bobs. In oh, I emptied the last bits out last Friday, I think it was. So I can't really talk too much. <laughs> but uh, I still can't get over how much of a head fuck the strip is. Yeah, it, it was awesome. It will it is... never make sense. I, I was I was surprised by the size of the fake Eiffel Tower, which I thought was going to be quite small from pictures. No, I thought they built a little Eiffel Tower. No, that thing's massive. Yeah, it's worth saying we were connected to the Paris Casino from Bally's where we were staying, so you could walk under there. You're walking inside the Eiffel Tower, which was weird when it had the legs coming into the actual casino. Yeah. I mean, I only saw that once, and then I noticed all the girls in lingerie dancing on the tables. Yep. Oh, that was amazing. Oh, I love girls. It's like the uh, pleasure pit in Planet Hollywood. Mm. That was the yep. same, but even the dealers were in the lot underwear. Yeah. I mean, Paris Paris got like that at night. They got less and less dressed as the, the morning crawled on. <laughs> but what no. I really liked about it was every casino was unique in its own way although everything inside was the same you know the slot machines the blackjack tables every single casino had its own unique feel or look to it yeah i think there's a few that were quite similar yeah there's the the posher ones but all the themed ones like luxor was amazing and then excalibur treasure island i was a little bit disappointed by inside yeah it was disappointing it was cool from the outside though yeah, the pirate ships. Mm. You've got like I liked um, MGM Grand. That oh, was yeah, nice. That was, yeah. that was class. Grand and uh, Aria. Aria, yeah, those two are the classy ones. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be honest though, there was no better location than Bally's. We were right in the middle. That was it was perfect. Once we'd explored, yeah, I mean that was right in the middle of, of yeah, it was central. Of the trip. It was really good. Yeah, it was yeah, really yeah. easy. The only thing I didn't like about Bally's was there wasn't really anything unique about it. It was quite standard, if you know what I mean. It was a nice casino, don't get me wrong. Um, But it didn't have any... It was quite generic. Yeah, it was just a generic hotel. But it it was one of the first, you know, so... Yeah. Yeah, it was cool, because like Mark was saying, you literally had Paris connected over the road from Bellagio and Caesars, so you didn't really need to go very far to get to anywhere I know there was some point where most of us didn't leave the hotel for two or three days yeah but... I didn't see daylight for like <laughs> you know until after the tournament really apart from that one walk we went on yeah because that was pretty sweet I know we all went out and had a bit of an awesome night on the Wednesday mm. apart from Joe but we won't go into that was that the club night? yeah oh, that was a good night. night yeah that was one of the best nights out I've had in a while mm. and then Thursday 
I felt rough as fuck on that helicopter ride. I wish I'd booked that in the afternoon. I didn't go on that. Yeah, I stayed in bed. I don't even remember what I did that day. We went for Caesar's breakfast, the epic buffet, which I had an hour hungover to make the most of and really couldn't. But you guys stayed for a while, didn't you? Yeah, I, I think we stayed an extra hour when, you know, 45 minutes when you left with the Americans. The uh, the food was really nice. It was just rather expensive, like $50 or something. I think if you'd managed to sit and eat and not be hungover as fuck, you could have done a lot better with that. Yeah, and I probably would have stayed for lunch as well. It would make the most of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't. I feel like I was the uh, least successful fat man at a buffet ever. I kept leaving half my meals. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think you... Did you finish a full meal? <laughs> or did yeah. I? Yeah, I, I did. I mean, I had the, the steak and the steak. Oh, the steak, yeah. And calamari. Yeah, that, that was a really good meal. There's a lot of really ace food places, even just in the casinos, like... They're not the big restaurants out the way. They're just a little restaurants here and there, weren't they? What was that place we went to? Hash House of Go-Go? Yeah. That was amazing. Twice. Yeah, we went twice because it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really good. The, really yeah, nice the pie food. you get, which was the cheapest meal out of all the ones we ordered, which but could have fed biggest. three of us easily. Easily, yeah. It made me laugh when that little woman sat behind us, ordered it, and it came out, and it was literally half the size of her. Yes, you can believe it. She's like, uh... <laughs> I was like, good luck, love. <laughs> I, just, I remember when mine came out in that first one on Fremont Street, and I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? Is it breakfast? Is it dinner? <laughs> it's a bit of everything. Waffles and chicken. But it was like southern fried chicken, waffles with bacon in them, maple syrup, and one tomato. That was just there for show. <laughs> no one eats the tomato. It it, it survived intact. <laughs> yeah, Vegas as a whole was one of those places where if anyone's looking at going for any reason, I'd say do it. Yeah, 100%. It, it's completely and utterly mental. Every yeah, night absolutely. there's just... You can do something different every night, like go to a club or just decide to stay in a casino somewhere or... Go, go to see a show. Bars, go to just, yeah, see a show. There's obviously events at the weekend, such as UFC or Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's always something going on, so you you could easily fit in a week there and, and not be bored. I'd say. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't recommend doing beer pong for three or four nights in a row, though. Oh god. Yeah. I think it's a good place to go for a long weekend. I think like eight days was or whatever we went for. That was pushing it. Yeah. You, yeah, that, but half of it was the tournament. So. I think the last day I enjoyed having to just like the Monday Tuesday went shopping and just chilled out. Yeah. Which was nice to get the time to do that as well as do the show, the Grand Canyon, the gaming, everything else. Mm. So I'd recommend anyone going for the first time, five days, six days. It's probably yeah. more than enough. Yeah, definitely. But now, what um, do you think of Super Bowl then, Mark? It was good. I mean, some of us were still involved in a tournament on the Sunday. Uh, but, yeah, me and Joe, we um, we found, like, it, it's difficult to even call it a dive bar. It was literally like a spa <laughs> with, a, with a pub at the front. There was just, like, a bar with gambling machines built into the bar. 
and it sold some cheap, cheap beer. And me and Joe sat in there from lunchtime until until after the tournament. And then that night just carried on and on and on. Yeah, that was a fun day. I think I saw the first half of the Super Bowl with Chris while we were just playing, I think it was blackjack and craps, and then ended up at a wedding, which was really, really mental. I'm kind of jealous, to be honest. I was stuck in a hot room. Yeah. It sucked being you for that point. <laughs> yeah. Especially when I genuinely didn't think I'd get that far and then thought, oh, it's all right. By midday, I'll be watching the Super Bowl with the lads with a few beers. Yeah, that backfired. But now nah, it was so surreal being at a little white wedding chapel where we, we got asked to be quiet inside because they were doing a drive through wedding. Which I was just like, what the hell? <laughs> a, you can do a drive through wedding. B, people do it. I was a little bit upset they didn't get fries with that, though. I was just about to say, did they not get any uh, <laughs> fries or a milkshake? <laughs> well, it was one of those things. It was just so weird. And then, like, the actual ceremony was over really quick. Uh, but it was nice if that's the kind of thing you want. It was a nice little setup there. But just some parts of it were very odd. Very, very surreal. But it was it was an experience. Who did you go with, Christian? Yeah, me, me Chris, uh, Brad Chester, his girlfriend, uh, Hannah, Kurt's girlfriend, and then Alan Bajramovich and his new Mrs. Bajramovich. Or how are you supposed to say his name? I was going to say, there's no way I could pronounce his name, so good effort. Yeah, it's. I think it's close in... He'll shout at me if it wasn't, so... Yeah. But now, that... Vegas was just a mess. The whole yeah. week. Yeah. I think if, if we went in the summer, it would have been even more interesting, because then they have, like, pool parties and stuff, so... If yeah. I was to go there for holiday, I'd probably do it in the summer as well, because then that opens up even more things to do. Yeah, because it was really warm by the end of the week, yeah. but it was cold at the beginning. But because there was no rain, I still enjoyed the weather. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it was... It was... It just got cold at night, you know. With those first two days were a bit nippy, but then it was really nice during the day. But it got cold yeah. so quickly because there's there's nothing to trap the heat, you know. And it just goes drops down to sort of a nice UK night, really. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because it was quite sunny in the day and there was nothing blocking the sun that warmed it up quite a bit, even yeah. though it was quite chilly. Mm. So then, on to the important thing: the games. So we won't go into too much detail for the first six because there's probably not too much to add. But it'd be interesting to hear a few little bits from Alex's, especially the last game, since we've heard that from Sean's side earlier in this episode. Uh, So, quick recap. Alex, do you want to go through our list or do you want me to do that? I'll uh, I'll give you the honours. So, we were horrible, horrible people as everybody's told us and we've happily admitted to being so took uh, some Forge World bullshit thing which lets you take Guardian core host which is a far safer use of Guardians but then you can swap the Guardians for Aspect Warriors so we swapped them for Warp Spiders we then took two solo D cannons uh, then two Aspect Hosts with 15 Spiders in each for a total of 45 the Forge World 
Gatach Wraith Knight with the Hellstorm De- Flamers. Death Shroud cannons, yeah. whatever they called, with Dark Shroud. Which we found out on the day before the event. There was a Forge World email and there'd been a typo. So it could actually jump 18 and not 12. Yep. Which the organisers then went, yep, 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 you can do 18. You go do that. That's cool. And they could also jump out of combat. Which was a little bit insane. Well, to jump out of combat, you can understand because that's kind of how it reads. Yeah. But for them to go, yeah, sure, just move 18, not 12, we were just a bit like, okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> Especially with the Hellstorm. <laughs> Combining that is like massive range. Yeah. Uh, so then to round off our list, we had an Autark on a bike, uh, three units of scatter bikes, and because we had a few points left, we decided on the plane to take an Inquisitor with two server schools. Yeah, last minute change. As you do, but there was quite a few people doing last minute changes, especially a couple when they saw the train. <laughs> but the train was brilliant. There's a little bit lacking, as I said previously in another segment, uh, on line of sight blockers in the deployment zones. Yeah. But yeah. mid-board was great. That was a bit, like, when I saw the terrain, I thought, great, this is going to be great for spiders. But then when I saw the setup, I was a bit nervous because there wasn't much in the deployment zones. So if you wanted to null deploy, it was going to be a bit tricky. As as a drop pod army, I was a big fan of having no line of sight in the deployment zones. <laughs> yeah, right. should we go for your list then, Mark? Uh, yeah, Skyhammer, um, four multi-motors, four multi-motors, couple of assault squads with flamers, um, CAD with two grav sent units, one assault sent unit, librarian, a uh, couple of standard tactical squads, and a Calexus. Just lots of guys in pods, pretty much. And a lot of sense. Yep, yep. and the assault sense were just worth the weight in gold again. So did they pull out for you, did they? Because I know they're one of the odd choices that people don't normally see. Yeah, it's well, it works well in, in that list because, um, you know, versus uh, with the, the void shields and stuff that they were allowing, and uh, there was a lot of knights there, Forge World knights especially, so the extra melter really helped me out. <laughs> When it hit. Yeah. I know Chris swapped last minute to play Knights with... What did he have? Knights and what was it in the end? Or was it, was it Knights, wasn't it? Oh, Knights and Spiders? Oh, Knights and Warp Spiders he had. So Knights and two Aspect Hosts, so three Wardens, 30 Warp Spiders. Uh, I know he didn't do too great day one. I think he was two and one. But then after his antics sat on the Friday night. Uh, he played game one Saturday morning and then dropped and went back to bed from memory. Yep, that's about right. I think I don't think he even actually played. I think him and his opponent were both just hung over and so they, they just need oh, to stop. I think that was the second of... game where they were both hung over. He played he, game one. He did pretty much do an all-nighter some random person's flat so yeah he 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 literally we all sort of we left him with the americans then the americans just plain left him and <laughs> so we went to a house party with some random americans in like the suburbs of vegas and made it back with all of his internal organs uh, that we know of yeah that, it was weird me waking up in the morning because i'd been out to a show with some guys rather than out with you guys waking up going right alex is there he's getting up in a minute 
We're going to say hi to everyone in the other room. Uh, da, da. Wait, one, two, three. There should be four people in here. Uh oh. <laughs> like, guys, where's Chris? Uh, I don't and know. The fact, that the fact that his phone died as well. <laughs> yeah, we saw he'd read a message, but then his phone died. <laughs> but then he turned up just as we were, like, figuring out where he could be. <laughs> They did. He walked in like Lord Flashart in the morning and it was pretty good. <laughs> so yeah, Friday morning. Game one. Everybody a little bit nervous or Yeah. Yeah, I think you're always nervous, aren't you? Especially at such a big event. Yeah, especially when it's different kind of missions and everything you don't quite know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I think I had the most interesting game one. Because the guy was vaping. Turns out he was he had two vapes. One was just your standard. The other one had weed in it. <laughs> Which isn't legal in Nevada, but is in the state he'd come over from. I can't remember which it was. But he basically said he puts it in his vape because no one checks the vape. <laughs> <laughs> so he was a little bit high. So we're playing our game and he's got a mix of Dark Eldar and Eldar with a Void Shield Generator, big unit of Reavers, some Dark Reapers, some Hawks, some Fire Dragons in a Raider, a couple of Venoms, a couple of Scat Bite Squads. Um, I basically dropped in everything on his Void Shield and cleared everything that was on it. He charged his Reavers into the Wraith Knight, lost combat, got cut down. And at that point he was there going, oh, crap, I'm just going to try and run away, survive... And try and get a couple of points that way. Um, I was very. One, I was wondering a lot what he was doing because he just seemed to be moving models around, and I don't think he fired many shots after turn one. I found out later, as well as vaping weed, he'd been on acid. <laughs> I remember that guy coming over and telling us. I was like, "What?" Yeah. Uh, but because the army I've got, I'd use in Blackie's Eldar, if anyone has seen it, uh, which is like a star-themed space kind of painting on it. So he was really struggling not to trip because of my army, because it was all glowing. So knowing that, it explained a lot of his tactical choices at the end of the game. <laughs> Run away from the shiny models. <laughs> They're glowing, must stay away. Why is the Wraith Knight talking to me? <laughs> So yeah, that was a, a max point win for me on that one. <coughs> I um I played uh, a guy with with Gladius on game one who actually asked if I knew you guys from the podcast, so I think he listens. His name was uh, Thomas, I think. He yeah. was he was really nice. He had a bright purple Gladius. So we had a purple and pink off and he won. So Ooh. <laughs> Anything interesting in that game or was it pretty much Move this way, move that way, move this way, move that way. Blah. Well, I mean, the only, the only it wasn't really interesting, but uh, he had like a calm sort of bike squad, um, a couple of, you know, a command squad. And so I, I put all my grav into it, and he saved, I think he saved nine storm shield saves in a row. And that was, it was annoying rather than interesting, but I don't think it would have made much of a difference for the end of the game. It's cause just a case of, I drop in, I kill a lot of stuff, then he killed me. Um, 
And uh, yeah, that was it. We had a big fight on top of a building to end the game. My assassin versus uh, Khan and a chaplain. Nice. <laughs> it, it was at least, it was like, a, you know, it, it forged a narrative. <laughs> what about you, Alex? Were you beating up some poor Americans? Um, actually, no, I had, uh, I had quite a, um, a difficult list to play. It was interesting. It was a, a Eldar and Skyhammer. And it was just basically jet bikes, loads and loads of jet. I think it was like eight squads of three. I think he had two cads or something, um, and a full maxed out um, Skyhammer. So he had the Alpha Strike, and then he had loads of Strength Six shooting from afar. Um, uh, but luckily, I had second turn. But I only deployed four things. Um, which was a bit risky because I could have got table, table turn one, so I was like biting my nails <laughs> like, <laughs> for the first turn. Like, oh my god, he could table me first turn. How much survived um, that drop? I had a full squad of five spiders because he didn't commit enough, and one D cannon crew, and the D cannon. Oh, just the crew. <laughs> well, the crew and the cannon. Oh, okay. Because oh no no the cannon died, so it was just one crew. Yeah, because I, I got stealth ruins, so he just went to ground for a 3-plus cover save, so managed to sort of take the brunt of quite a lot of shots. But, um, yeah, it was a bit uh, nerve-wracking. But then when the cavalry arrived, it was just pretty much slowly picking off the rest of his army, because it's just Eldar jet bikes, and spiders are brilliant at killing them, so, yeah. Yeah, if it's three-man squads, you can expect a five-man spider squad to kill yeah. Two, maybe three. Yeah, it was, his dice went very good. I think he lost five or six squads on the drop. So. Ouch, that's yeah. that's painful. And it was just mopping up after that, really. So, yeah, that was my first game, pretty yeah. much. I think that's Joe fun. got a big win game one as well with his five flyerants. Oh, that's probably worth mentioning about Joe turning up at the airport going, I've got an army, I don't know what it is, though. Yeah, he let his girlfriend pack it. Yeah, he got in drunk, passed out on the sofa, and got his girlfriend to pack his army. So she went, I think I know what a flyerant is, so you should be all right with them. I don't know what a venomthrope is, so I've guessed at that one. But she nailed it. She got it, to be fair to her. Nailed it. So we were all very interested to see what Joe actually had in his army, because he didn't even check till he got to Vegas. Which... Yeah, it was... uh, a it's risk. well packed as well. Yeah, nothing broke. Good effort. I yeah. think it's important to note as well that um, mine and Joe's bet got a definitive result. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we'll come I back. Won. Oh, you can't spoil that on game one. I can't. I can't do game six. I told you. I'm here till nine. Ah. So do you want to quickly recap your other games then, Mark? <laughs> Since we've run out yeah. of time for you. Yeah, game game two versus Eldar and Tau. Um, I won. He made fourteen five up saves in a row. Uh, so I actually didn't wound his Wraith Knight at all on turn one, which is really <laughs> interesting. It was either you know it was a five up save, then a five up feel no pain, but he made them all. Um, <coughs> but yeah, the the, the rest of it, 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 he I mean he chose not to intercept me, which I thought was interesting, and then I killed all of his stuff. Um. Then I lost to a drop pod army by having to go first. Um, that was that was just it. Just went exactly as you'd expect. There was no surprises. 
Um, he did. He did bring his librarian and grav sense on within twelve inches of my Calexus. Um, <laughs> and the look on his face when he couldn't do a psychic phase was was priceless. Um, game four. I'm I'm no longer the unluckiest person I know. Uh, my demon opponent on game four is uh, he conceded. He conceded at the end of turn two because he had Fate Weaver left with one wound. I remember you saying the night before, though, that game was going to be over in a couple of turns, no matter what, because you were just going all out to table or get tabled. Yeah, I mean, one way or the other, but, I mean, nothing went that guy's way. Nothing at all. But you, you couldn't pick out a single thing that that went for him in, in that game. It was horrendous. He grounded, he grounded Fate Weaver himself with the perils. <laughs> Wasn't that right in front of your assault sense or something as well? Yeah, just in the middle of my army. <laughs> Oops. Uh, game five versus five knights. And that, that game alone was worth the assault sense because he was so scared of strength 10 initiative 4, he refused to charge me and actually ran away from my assault sense for half the game. And So I, I killed one knight a turn, um, but that was literally was, was all he had. Um and the final game was versus all kinds of Forge World bullshit that I didn't even know what it did. There was three different knights. A Void Shield Generator. Um, some some of those little tracked things. Yeah, it was it was pretty horrendous. I dropped in and I failed to take a single Void Shield down with nine Melter Shots. So I only, I only needed, what, a three? Was this the Admech one? Where you had the... Yeah. Uh, the Cataphron Destroyers. That's it, yep. Them. Yeah, he had those as well. Um, and it, it, that was that was the final game, and I managed to get a, a draw out of it by moving onto his Void Shield Generator's Ramparts with my last three Assault Marines. Squeezed Line Breaker out of it, because he'd moved away to chase me around, and he turned around to shoot me, and I was behind his Void Shield, and he couldn't kill me with anything. <laughs> so... That was um, that was that that was fun. But he, I mean, he obliterated my army. It was it was horrendous to watch, but I got a draw out of it. Nice. I know you get saying game three, you lost because you went second. So because you went first. First. Is that just because he got to get the drop on you? Or... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So now some of the missions I found, which I'll touch on a little bit more detail later on. Going first or second in their mission pack was absolutely huge. Yeah, and it, I think it was one of those missions anyway, where he was going second, so he got to score the the objectives as well. But but ba- basically, I could keep my Skyhammer off, which I did, and I tried to bring, you know, my less important units in, but it 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 just didn't work. He had uh, too much and sort of took all my important units out before he got to do anything. Uh, drop pods against drop pods is always interesting. Yeah. It was a, every single game I had though was versus a nice guy, which is nice when you fly halfway around the world. I didn't actually face an arsehole, so that was good. Yeah, I think all my opponents were pretty cool guys. One could could have got a little bit iffy, but he was all right. Well, yeah, I mean I. I got to watch a lot of your games because my, my games tended <laughs> to finish quick, so I'd, I'd come and see how you were getting on for the last hour. Yeah, that was another issue as well. Which, time. They 
Yeah. Either they didn't have enough time in the rounds, or the guys were over there were slow. I think you said the same, didn't you, Alex? What's that? Sorry. About the time, and either the guys playing really slow or taking forever to deploy and get going, or there just yeah. not being enough time. Yeah, the the speed of play was fairly slow across the board. Um, I can't yeah. talk because. I've been playing as Spider List, but I felt like I was. There was times where I felt my opponent would just sit there and stare at the board, thinking when he should have been doing that in my turn and stuff like that. Like, I had, uh, there was like there was a few games where I actually had to tell my opponent, "Look, come on, can you hurry up?" Not 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 rudely or anything. I just said, "Look, sorry, we excuse need to me. Keep going. We need to, you know, keep going because we're going to run out of time." And they're like, "Oh, you know, that's cool." And I think if I didn't say that at times, they could have gone on standing there staring into space for another five ten minutes. So, yeah, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of that happening. Yeah, I found it quite weird because I'd used the similar list at Caledonian a couple of weeks earlier, and had one game finish on five, but the rest got six or seven, and then went to the states and you were getting four or five. Mm. And it's kind of one of those where I know the list, I know you can have to play fast with it, but I know from experience. I can play fast and get the turns in. So I'm not sure what exactly it was. I think it was a mix of everything. Just things weren't yeah. getting... I don't think I played a turn six at all. I think I think there the, the was an, an element of it. I think I'll, the rules didn't get questioned that much in the games I played, so it wasn't really down to that. Um, but the... Uh... The actual the deployment, but also the time getting between tables. Um, it seemed a lot less than we tend to do in the UK over here for uh, you know just in between rounds. Yeah, I think so what they a lot did, of it was unpacking armies. I think they went okay, right? The draws up, the round started. You then had to find what table you were on, get yeah. to the table, get your army out, and that was included in your game time. Right, Matt, I have to I have to go, but we can always record some more later in the week if you want us patch it all together. Yeah, no worries, mate. I'll speak to you later, mate. Yeah, see ya. Bye. So, game two for you, Alex. Oh, God. Uh, see, most people remember their games. I don't. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, and you've got nine what, to remember. I know. Uh, all I remember is the first day I played Eldar, Eldar, Eldar. Obviously, the first game was with Space Marines. So, um, forgive me, I can't remember my opponent's names or... like. They were basically warp hunters or <laughs> scat bikes of some sort. Um, I think he had spiders as well. Um, basically, I got second turn again, so I got the drop. And I think, I think it was my second round opponent that conceded either turn two or three because of the amount of damage I did in two turns. Um, so nothing too complex about the game, really, then. No, if I'm perfectly honest, with you, the 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 next the, the next two games I was playing Eldar, which my list is very strong against. Um, like spiders kill wraith knights, they kill jet bikes, and no one else was spamming spiders. Like they'd have maybe three squads of five, but <laughs> not forty-five. Yeah, I don't really um, see the abuse that we had. <laughs> yeah, so and I think it was also they just. They weren't play- they weren't ad- using it uh, to their advantage. Um, so I was deep striking most of the time. So I was always getting the drop. Um, so that helped. 
Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of playing the mission most of the time, and obviously going second helps a lot, as we know about the ETC missions. I mean, obviously we—I've only played two ETC missions before. ITC, you mean? Uh, ITC, sorry. Yeah. Similar words. Um, so it was all new to me, but the fundamental thing is going second is massive. So. Yeah, I know. My my second game, uh, and my first, I got given first turn, mm. and. There was never a time where Seize Initiative came into play. Yeah. Because nobody wanted first turn. No. But like my game too, I played um, a guy, I can't remember his name, I think it might have been Vince, but sorry if I can't remember because I know he's a fan of the podcast. We really should have, could have done with doing this a couple of weeks ago to try and remember a bit better. That's the thing, I've got terrible memories. Yeah. Uh, but he had three Imperial Knights, uh, a Hornet, and then I think it was four or five squads of scatter bikes. And I was looking at this on the Relic, thinking that's a lot of offset bikes, hammer and anvil. The Knights can control the board a little bit, because I can't really drop down to kill the bikes next to the Knights, because the Knights just come over and kill a spider squad. So I need to deal with the Knights first. But what was really strange is he kind of accepted he wasn't going to win the game before it started. So psychologically, was playing very, very differently to how I because I was expecting him to do things, and he was doing the complete opposite, mm. and it messed with me a little bit trying to work out like his tactics or what strategy he had. <laughs> no, it wasn't any. Yeah, it was weird. It, I think he he was expecting to lose the mission, so he kind of went right. I can sit back. I can keep my objective here, I can pressure the relic and get a couple of points that way, or I can just go out and go for it and see what happens. Mm. But he said that to me about turn three. And I was like, oh, right, okay. And I think we called it at the end of turn three or turn four. But turn his turn one, he moved some knights up mid-board to push on the relic, and he kept his warlord back on his own behind this big building. Yeah. And what I found really odd was I had two single D kind of set up behind ruins, and he was in range of both of them. Yeah. And I was just there, like, oh. trying to figure out has he forgotten? As <laughs> did he not realise they were there? <laughs> but one of those did three hull points to one of his knights. My scat bikes, one unit of turboed into his deployment zone, hiding the turn before, because I needed to get in his deployment zone for a maelstrom point, mm. and I could do it behind cover so I was safe so I did that so they popped the head back round to shoot one side of the night uh, my other unit's catbacks came on to shoot the other side of it because he was sat at an angle and I had the spiders surrounding his warlord who was sat at the back on his own and they're like oh where do you want your shields he's there going oh I'll go rear I'm just like I've got two D cannons which are hitting your side two the scatbacks in your side I actually said to him you sure you want to pick rear because these guys hit the side on the barrage and I've got bikes here and here. And yet there's a couple of spider squads behind, but I had six squads in a circle around his warlord, obviously going for his warlord. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to go rear, going to go rear. And so I killed it by shooting it at the side. Mm. And then killed his warlord by just using all the spiders there. So it's just little choices, I thought. He could have made a lot more of a game, even if he was just trying to have a bit of fun and see what happened. Mm. Yeah, there's 
there's a lot of tactical elements where you kind of think, wait, should I, should I say something? Because <laughs> I don't know whether he's making a big mistake on purpose or what. Yeah. Uh, like the amount of times, as you say, like people were moving into range of my D cannons. Like that, my D cannons aren't even there to kill anything. As I described to to some people, they're literally there to score maelstrom, nothing else. Yeah, they were and, nice bonus shots when exactly, they ever worked. But... Exactly, but the chances of them ever working were very slim. So, but because of the terrain and hiding them in line of sight blocking, and sometimes your opponents forget they're there. Um, so, you might get a cheeky shot off now and again. Like, I think one game I blew a warp hunter up, which he, he forgot there was a D cannon so close to him. Yeah, it's, um, it's a cheeky little about. bit of board coverage. but Yeah. It's all an added bonus because a lot of the missions had you need three units in your deployment zone. Yeah, which is why we went for it. And Inquisitor, two solo D cannons win. Mm. Well, I I was doing, um, <coughs> I was doing two D cannons and two warp spider units because it depends how how much alpha strike and yeah. one of the, the reason I did four was if I get Maelstrom or I need an objective, I can throw one of the warp spiders onto it because. I still had seven deep striking as enough, but yeah. Yeah, it all depends what you're playing against as well. So yeah, exactly. You didn't remember your third game too much, did you? It was very similar to my second. I played an Eldar list um, with, I think it had Hornets and uh, I think it had D-Scythes, uh, Wraith Guard, um, a Wraith Knight, and then Scat Bikes and a couple of Farseers. Um, but again... I got second turn, so it just came down to the drop, and I think he was very... I, I don't think he'd ever played Spiders. He was very surprised at how killy they were. Like, But obviously he had Eldar again, so it wasn't too difficult. Yeah, to they're, really, they're really good in that matchup, aren't they? Really good, yeah. Like, Unless, unless it's a... Unless he's got 30-plus Spiders... And I get first turn, it becomes difficult. But because I got second turn, I'm getting the drop plus Maelstrom is is massive. And you get end game because game three was kill points anyway, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it wasn't. I think game four was. I think they changed it. No, they changed it from two to three. Oh, okay. Well, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My game yeah. three. I think I played. I think it was Alan Dehesse. I probably pronounced that all wrong. Uh, he had Renegade Guard, which had three units of three obsec spawn, which was something like 60 points for three. So they're looking at his list going, oh, so they're just like one spawn each squad. He's like, no, nah, they're three, man. I'm like, Chaos spawn are like 40 points. Yeah. How are you paying a little bit extra and getting three? He's like, Forge World. Because <laughs> they were obsec as well. Because Forge World is not broken. Yeah, and so, the Americans just do not understand that. I just don't understand why they think Forge World is. Well, actually, I guess it's not just Americans. It's... There's a lot of people enjoy it. Yeah. But there's a lot of nonsense. There's a lot of nice stuff in it, but there's a hell of a lot of nonsense. And it's too much nonsense. This list was a lot more nonsense. So this had uh, three of those guys. He had Khan the Betrayer. He had a Lord on a Juggernaut with a nice axe. I think it was Blind Fury, but I can't quite remember off the top of my head. He had a unit of cultists, or sorry, two units of cultists. He had, I want to say, six FUD guns. He had 
two, three rapier destroyers, which were rapier destroyers. Pretty much, <laughs> they were like strength A AP three or strength nine AP three. So almost a las cannon shot, but two shots each, or they could do some blasts. So we had a lot of artillery and just a lot of guys milling around with them. Oh, and a Nurgle Herald with some Nurglings for a Grimoire, which he'd put on his Corn Knight. So we'd have a 2 plus invulnerable save, which Yummy. was lovely. I think it was a 3 plus. But yeah. Oh, no, it was a 2 plus because he had a Corn item which gave every Corn demon with a certain range plus one invun. So it was, it was a 2 plus. He, I think he gave me first turn. Mm. So I deployed the Wraith Knight, a couple of little bits and pieces. Oh no, I gave him first turn on this one. So I knew where his artillery was. And I set up out of range of everything. The Wraith Knight was in and I put my two D cannons in. Just because I knew I was taking a risk. But if it survived, I'd get him some shots on his Knight and his Morlefiend. Oh, he had a Morlefiend as well. I could get some nice shots off on his artillery by having one just on the edge of my deployment zone, hiding behind uh, some terrain. Oh, he had Screamers as well. He had a lot of stuff in that army. But turn one, he slashed the D-cannon and just killed both crew. I think it was the last save I failed on. So he got first blood on that. He got a kill point off that, which I'd kind of expected him to get first blood because of all his units and if I hadn't deployed my D cannon further forward it wouldn't have been doing anything all game oh and he had a void shield everyone had a void shield there yeah uh, but when my spiders came in he charged my second D cannon with his uh, lord and juggernaut some spawn that had ran super quick around the side and I just didn't have anything on the board to deal with them early on so they were in my deployment zone. So they died when my bikes and spiders came on. My two spiders came on behind his two artillery units in his void shield and killed one unit, made the other run away. I popped some down and killed some spawn, which we made board. And I put invisibility on my Wraith Knight and charged his Grimoire Morlefiend, which was sat mid-board. The knight was just behind, but my hope was I'm invisible hopefully he'll miss and even if he does I'm probably not going to die and I can jump out and kind of use that to leapfrog into the backfield by drawing the knight out of the way which is pretty much what happened I charged in, killed the Marla fiend and I'd cleared up my backfield at that point and I jumped the knight 18 forwards and then I think I killed a unit of cultists with a flamer Half an artillery squad with a flamer, the Nurglings with a flamer. My scatterlaser finished off some of the guys out of the cultist squad, which I couldn't quite hit all ten because of how they were and where I was. And then I charged the Herald as well and killed him. So I think in that turn the Wraith Knight got me like three kill points or four kill points and got me right in his backfield with a couple of spider squads picking off his little bits and pieces as well. Yeah, that. Wraith Knight was so good. Like people were wondering why we wouldn't take the uh, Melter cannons, but yeah. I mean, pff, the amount of stuff now that you can kill with Strength Seven, and especially either a large, 
apocalyptic blast or the hellstorm is so much more than just melter shots. There's not many big tanks or super heavies that you need them. Like even against Imperial Knights, spiders deal with them. So that hellstorm is just that ignore cover for dealing with crap that your spiders will might struggle against. Yeah, nothing can sit and go. Oh, I've got a really good cover save here because you just exactly. burn them off. Yeah, and it's got a shred, so you're pretty much guaranteed yeah. to cause a, a large number of wounds. Yeah, but we ended up having a really, like, really good game. Because I think in the end he had one unit of artillery left, a Chaos Knight, and possibly a guy here or there. But and I had little bits of spiders everywhere. But I think I was up on kill points by quite a few. But the maelstrom was really close all the way through. It was. Like one up to him, one up to me, level, one up either way. But I think t- turn four, we played out and I was one ahead. And we rolled five, just to see what the maelstrom was. And I ended up being one I could easily get. Uh, one he could maybe get and another he couldn't. So we didn't end up playing five because time was a little bit short. But it wasn't a t- one of those where five would have made a massive difference because we knew... I'd still put one on Maelstrom, even if he could get his one. He was never catching me on kill points. And I, I had enough units to get Line Breaker. I'd got Warlord. He'd got Line... He'd got First Blood. So we kind of knew the game at that point. So it was irrelevant to play on. So, that ended up with me and you finishing on three wins for day one. <clears throat> yeah, good start for the list. <laughs> yeah, People were already making uh, comments about our list. I think one of my opponents said, uh, I, I, wouldn't, I, I can't see you not making the top eight with that list. <laughs> and that was on day one. So. Yeah, the list was absolutely brutal. It was insane. Uh, so, going on to game four, can you remember this one? I've just been trying to remember it, and I do not remember my game four at all. Like, I don't oh, remember I remember your game four. You, you played the wolf because you were on the table next to me for this one. I thought we, that was we, game five. No, we were on one and two because you were on one, I was on two, and then we swapped, sure? we swapped over. Yeah, you played the wolf, oh, the yeah, space you're right. wolf guy. Yeah. Because we just swapped over tables one and two for those few games, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, you're right. So I remember now. Um, so I played a... I guess it was a wolf star. He, he had... Um, I'm trying to remember. He had it was a the mass of... Ravenwing squads, wasn't it? Yeah, he had lots of Ravenwing squads. Um, Black Knights. It was like the, the Ravenwing formation. Um, he had Samuel, or Samuel, whatever his name is. Um, he had... What was it? Azriel. One of the two. I think it might have been Azriel. No. Samuel's the quicker one. Yeah. He, he he had one of them because I know he had he got to choose his warlord trait which was the plus three to move. Oh, Samuel has that base. Yeah, so it might have been Samuel. I can't remember. Um, and then he had um, a couple of iron priests. Again, I don't remember how many. I think it was two or three. Um, and then a wolf lord. Um, all kitted out with the usual. Uh, attached to a command squad with... Uh, the Ravenwing banner, which does work for the unit, unlike the ETC, uh, and uh, Ferno Pain, obviously from the Apothecary. Uh, and I think he had a Librarian as well. So he didn't have like a, a loads of psychers for um, guaranteed invis or anything like that. He was relying a lot on the cover saves here, wasn't he? 
Yeah, which was massive. So basically, he gave me first turn, which was annoying. Um, so he had bottom of the turn. Um, so I, I basically came in turn two, and uh, I think I only killed like five bikers. Um, maybe I think I caused a couple of wounds to one of his iron priests or a couple of his iron priests or something. Um, yeah, I, I didn't do much damage. Um, I think only two thirds of my army came in turn two as well. So. Yeah, it wasn't. I was a bit nervous because the the reroll three plus is still a three plus, unlike the nerf to two plus, which is a four plus reroll. So he had a rerollable three plus cover save, hence why he didn't take any dark shroud um, speeders for the plus one cover save to their jink. Um, and obviously, it's a it's a fast army. It's as fast as well, not as fast as me, but <laughs> still fast. Um, and it does better in assault. So I was I was losing. A, Quite a few spider squads who weren't doing a decent 2d6 jump. Um, if I wasn't losing a squad, I was losing a few and then hitting running away. Um, it came down, I think, to turn four. Um, by the time his wolf star managed to actually assault anything, um, he managed to get my wraith knight. Uh, now, luckily, I tanked quite a few five plus filner pains from his wounds. Um, bear in mind he had like 20 power fist attacks or something. Um, and I was left with, I think, one wound on my Wraith Knight, who he then hit and ran. Uh, and because he was so clumped up, <clears throat> obviously you, you hit and run in a straight line. So he hit and ran, and he was still fairly clumped up. So um, my Wraith Knight then caused, I think it was something like 28 wounds with the Hellstorm. Um, killing quite a few because the bikes were quite close to the front um, so I managed to get rid of the annoying re-rollable cover saves because they're not getting that against the Hellstorm which again is the best reason for taking it and then I unleashed all my spiders into that sort of mini Death Star and I wiped it out and turned four Yeah, um, I remember, look I remember so. looking across when you were doing all that and you you were looking really worried, but in the end, you kind of just saw that one turn where everything just kind of goes, and I look, glanced across because I was literally stood on the same side of the board as you at that point. And I'm like, oh, that looks like you're in trouble. Oh, oh wait, nope. Everything is just splat. Sorry, mate. Someone's at the door. Sorry, um... I, I covered for you. You're good. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, so I don't know what you said, but um, managed to wipe out the star, and then it, it it became a mop up after that. He only had a few squads of three left, so yeah, it was. I got quite lucky, I think, because if he got a really strong multi charge, it could have could have swung either way. But because I was sort of, um, it took him four turns to get a decent charge off, and he went for the wraith knight, which meant he didn't really get most of my warp spiders which was probably a mistake um, and could have sort of if I got a lucky stomps as well it might have changed the game as well but I didn't roll any sixes um, so but yeah the, I, I won that game anyway but yeah, it, was, uh, it could have been a lot different I think it's just one turn big sw swing in my favour yeah I think I was on the table next to you which I'd been on game two so 
I knew the terrain a little bit, which always gives you a little bit of an advantage when you know where things are on the board and where you can hide what. But I was playing against a Necronjecurium, a guy called Michael Schneider. I hope that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, he had three to five Tomb Blades, two Ghost Arts with Warriors, five Immortals, a Lord with a Scythe, Toots Wraiths, uh, Toots the Scarabs, two Spiders, and I think that was it. So it was quite a, a lot of models. Oh, a unit of Flayed ones as well. A lot of tough guys. And I was hoping my D cannons would be able to knock a few points off or get a pen on his ghost arcs. But never quite managed that. I just kept making him jink, which was good enough, but never quite getting through. And I'd set up a Wraith Knight. I had my Farseer hiding a little bit further back with three bikes, so I'd rolled invisibility again, luckily. And of course. I got second turn in this, which was pretty big. So it meant I had the ability to stop his Maelstrom, score mine a lot easier. And he pushed his Wraith forward a little bit too far, turn one. So with my 18-inch jump, as long as I didn't get a crazy scatter back, I was getting like a four or five-inch charge. So I got a hit and charged his Wraith squad. I think I killed three Wraiths that turn. But the, what was pretty key was I got a stomp off on his Warlord, which was his Necron Lord. Because I think I killed a Wraith on an impact hit as well, which was a little lucky, but not not out of the order. It's not too crazy. But yeah, I got a stomp on his Lord and rolled a six on it. So he was like, right, I can look out soon to a Wraith. But if I do, then... I might lose Fearless because of where his wraiths were. He might, I think I would have killed the last couple. Yeah. There might have only been two left at that point. So it's like I could lose Fearless and then my Lord will get cut down. So he ended up having to take it on his Lord. I think he passed one on and took one, which killed his Lord. And then that gave me Warlord and First Blood or First Strike as it was in this mission. Standard. But if you took it on the Wraith, he would have died anyway. But even though I was invisible, I think he still did three or four wounds to me. So he got a lot of hits and then a lot of rends, which was a bit like, oof, if he does that again, or if his other unit of Wraiths come across, I could be in trouble. But what I'd also managed to do that turn is he's had two, two Tomb Blades in a building in the middle. I thought, right, okay, I'll stick my two Flamers in there just to try and get some wounds on them. Because uh, if I can kill half a squad, I know my spiders can probably finish them off. Yeah. But it'll still take a couple of units because Necrons are so tough. Yeah, pain in the ass to uh, I think I did like eight wounds or nine wounds. I think it was eight. And then they all died. <laughs> he got a, just a handful of bad saves and the whole unit just went pop. But this was quite tough because his Tomb Blades managed to lock down my jet bikes because they just turn up in the face and go... You've got nowhere to run to because I'm covering midboard. Try and kill me. You've got one go. So oh. I, was, I was committing like jet bikes, a couple of spider squads, and leaving one or two guys, which is all he needs to lock up a jet bike squad because they're not really going to get him in combat with strength three and toughness five. No. But my wraith knight was 
walking around punching a ghost arc. He punched because uh, he, he charged some wraiths, I think it was, and then jumped eighteen inches out and managed to flame uh, a warrior squad and a mortal squad and some flayed ones and a unit of scarabs. So I think he killed all the scarabs, killed the flayed ones, left one immortal left and killed the warriors. Or, or your race night was sounds like it was going proper ham. Like mine did not do any of that. Yeah. <laughs> mine was like doing what it should do. Yours is fucking killing everything. There was a couple of points where he just bunched up to block off an objective to stop me getting to it to contest it. Wow. And I was like, okay, give me a good jump over there and that's going to be a field day. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he killed like two and a half units and just did wounds here or there. Oh God. Which meant I could then contest or claim the objective anyway, which is great. But it was really tight because I had second turn. It meant even if he could get on all the objectives, because he had like a couple warrior squad and a few guys in my backfield, I could have cleared them off because I had enough stuff around there. But because I was going second, I didn't need to clear them off. I could just... Contest. I just got, I had a unit of jet bikes running around, just one unit, so I'm like, I can just go and claim that, or at least contest. And my spiders had dropped down to kill his spiders and scarabs and his backfield. So in another turn, I probably would have cleared that up, or the majority of it. And I had a unit of wraiths running around, which if we'd had... I think we called it halfway through five because with me going second he didn't quite do enough on his turn to stop me just doing what I needed to do to win Yeah. but if it had carried on or if it had been the other way around I think I might have had enough shots to clear off the bits and pieces anyway mm. but it would have made it a lot closer a game whereas going second in these missions it was just like oh that doesn't matter anymore yeah you got this there you go I think it that's the fundamental thing with the ITC and I th I'm hoping they resolve that issue is going second makes the game a lot easier yeah I think they have easier. they have changed it for the next year or the trial in having you score the maelstrom at the beginning of your turn Yeah. so you score last turns at the beginning of your turn so each player has a chance to react and stop you rather than the second player having a chance to stop the first see I, I disagree I, th I that's just changed the game like it shouldn't you shouldn't be able to stop anything you know as in like both getting a chance to do it because you're still giving I, I don't see how that will work because whoever goes second still has the um well they have to score it at the beginning of their next turn so say if you went second playing me my turn two I'd have a chance to stop you scoring yours which will be scored at the beginning of your two yeah so there's a chance there to stop it before you get to the point where you score. Yeah, but it's the same as going first, right? But going second, you've still got end game. Yeah. So it's one of those things. It helps. I don't know why they've changed it. it it's fine how it is. Like, well, I don't the, think it's fine at all. No, I mean, I mean, like the way the ETC play it, or any other normal 40k oh, game. Where you score at the end of your player turn. Yeah. Yeah, they wanted to give players a chance to react and stop their opponent, but I think with the ETC ones, you can see what cards they've got and what they're going to be trying to do. And they're only ever going to be drawing one, maybe two, realistically, in a lot of the missions. So you can kind of know, if I'm covering these objectives, he needs to get this one. I'm going to sit here so he can't just come and get it. 
Mm, yeah, but you you both roll your objectives at the beginning of the game, at the beginning of the turn. So you kind of know at the beginning of the turn what your opponent needs to do. So if you're going first, you can go, well, I know my opponent needs to do this, so I'll just do this. And then that stops it. So you can still stop it. I don't understand what the need for this second turn malarkey was at all. Yeah, I think I think it just it was massive this year, which I think my next game will elaborate a bit more on. But okay, we'll go on I, to that then. I found it deciding a couple of games. Do you want to do your yeah. game five first, or? Uh, yeah. So uh, was that? When that was when I you played, played Alan. Alan. Or was that okay? Yeah. So yeah, I played Alan uh, the first time around. Bezramovic. Yeah. <laughs> um, who is? I think most people know his list. Uh, it's uh, Chaos Demons, so he's got Bellacore, uh, a Bloodthirster, Deep Bloodthirster with a couple of greater rewards, um, Fate Weaver, a Screamer Star with two Heralds, I think it was, yeah. Um, two or three units of Horrors, I think it was three, and a unit of Nurglings. So it's a double CAD. Um, and I can't remember the mission, but. Judging by the amount he summoned in that game, I think it was mis- uh, some form of objectives. I think it was the big guns never tire one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, this is a funny game. So, um, we're playing Hammer and Anvil, and I've rolled Infiltrate, and I'm going second. And I decided to outflank my Wraith Knight. Oh, this was funny, watching this. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've got a second turn. And it's got first turn. So this is big ready. You know, I've got second turn against a pretty tough-to-kill army. Um, so Alan decides to summon a lot of stuff um, and try and completely block his table edge. So if I rolled that side with my Wraith Knight, it would die instantly. And that was an 18-inch so, coverage, wasn't it? Not just yeah, a 12. Yeah, because of the jump. So he was summoning horrors, he was summoning plague bearers, he's summoning demonettes and all sorts. I don't know. I, he he ran out of models. Was it turn had, one he ran out? No, 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 turn two. Turn two. He, he ran out of models turn two because obviously my first turn was nothing. I had a few models on the board just in case I can get some maelstrom. And I think I got like one maelstrom or something. I don't know. <coughs> so he's literally flooded his entire side. Um, with models um, I didn't know any what squad was what I didn't know what was what it was just a mess um, and it was actually there was actually a point where I still could have survived like my, if my Wraith Knight came on that side because there was two bits of impassable terrain and he'd forgot to put some models on them and then he realised like one of the impassable bits so he, he started he repositioned and I let him that was cool but he still forgot another one because it was like a, a huge sentry tower. Like uh, it was quite tall, so he didn't think about the fact that I could just jump the wraith knight on top of it. And uh, Nick was like next to me and whispered in my ear, like, "Can your wraith knight land on that?" And I looked at him and nodded. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick knew like what I was looking at. But I think because we were looking at it so much, Alan must have caught. Because eventually he realised, oh shit, I need some models on there. Um, so he he finished moving most of his stuff, but I let him go back and turbo one of his heralds onto the top because there was no way he could 
remain in coherency because of the height. So we had to send a herald up there. So yeah, it was quite funny. It was it was a long turn of you know psychic powers and all that stuff. But because he was so busy with that, um, he forgot Invis on his um, bloodthirster. So his bloodthirster was on the ground in the open with no invisibility. So my Oops. turn to yeah, my turn to um, my first light didn't even turn up. <laughs> so uh, I kept it off. Um, I think I wrote a two anyway. So I kept him off um, just in case. And uh, yeah, my spiders came in and killed his bloodthirster. Um, now he's only initiative nine. Most people, or was it eight? You know, There's nine. Nine. So strength six can still hurt the initiative nine on a six. So. I got my jet bikes in, I got my spiders in, and shot everything at the Bloodthirster, and managed to kill it. Uh, and I still had room to shoot the, uh, shot Bellacore as well with a few things. I think it caused one wound, I think, on Bellacore, um, with a 2 plus cover save, so that was okay. Um, so yeah, I was pretty happy with that. I got rid of the, my biggest threat, which was the Bloodthirster. Um, I think I killed one or two Screamers as well, because they only had a 3-plus amenable. So, yeah, that was it. Um, so, no, nothing spectacular, and I, I think I got one Maelstrom. Um, then in Alan's turn, <laughs> another funny thing happened. He rolled Psychic Powers. Um, wait, what was it? Yeah, he rolled Psychic Powers. He perils on Fate Weaver. He then rolled a one on the perils table and failed his leadership check. Fate Weaver goes bye bye. Fate Weaver went bye bye, and we were like, "What the hell has just happened?" So, <laughs> yeah, Alan's luck kind of left him after that. <clears throat> so he doesn't have his Fate Weaver on turn three. He doesn't have the Bloodthirst on turn three. So I'm thinking, well, I've got this game. What I didn't realize was. Bellacore is still a pain in the ass. Um, flying around, shrieking stuff. Um, he still had loads of horrors. He had demonets, which like and seekers, which are ridiculous for charge range and stuff. So I was making silly mistakes with a few of my spider squads by keeping them too close, thinking that I could like lose a few here and there just so I can get Maelstrom, and eventually it caught up with me. Um, so I, he was still catching up with Maelstrom. Um, and because there was only four objectives, he'd flooded his two, but he didn't have anything that can get my two. So we spent the next, like, few turns bouncing back and forth with each other. I'd kill, like, a unit if I needed that for the Maelstrom. I'd get my objective if I could. He could get his. And in the end, it was a, it was pretty much a draw. Um, the tertiary, I think... I can't remember what it was, but he flooded the middle of the board, so he got the one where you have to be in the middle. I got Warlord, he didn't, and then I can't remember the third one, but we both got that. So, uh, Maelstrom was dead even, again, because it was, whenever it was kill a unit, we'd both get it. Whenever it was an objective, we'd both get it. So I think it ended like 6-6 or something, so it was a dead, dead even draw. Um, but it was a good game, you know, it was enjoyable, and it was actually quite relaxed, you know, there wasn't any stress about it, especially especially because of what happened, like, with Fate Weaver and the Bloodthirster and my silly mistakes with the Warp Spiders, like, like 
we just had a good game, so yeah, we we both ended on a draw. I remember you guys laughing and joking quite a bit during yeah, that so game. It was it was just funny, like stupid stuff was happening. Like I was rolling double ones for like I think two of my spider squads in a row, you know, just stupid stuff like that. And like my my wraith knight did come on, and I got to choose the right side. So he was like, ah, oh, you know, all that effort for nothing, <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. So yeah, it's a good laugh. Yeah, so I was on the table next to you playing Steve Sisk, yeah. who I'd had a couple of guys warn me about, as he has a bit of a reputation over in the States. Yeah. I think one of the main things he's infamous for is on BAO or something last year, year before, having to take one save off on Khan, who was his wallet time from a destroyer attack, which if he lives, he contests something and wins the game wins the event, if he dies he uh, dies so he turns around rolls a free and then just goes oh yeah that's a pass and his opponent's just like uh, he's got a free up save he's like yeah, yeah, Khan. Khan's got a free up save yep, he passes, all good yeah. and when asked why he did that or like what was going on he just went, oh, I thought I'd try it, see if we could get away with it. Which was a bit like, uh, right, okay, I'll keep an eye on him then. And knowing that, and I've had a few different people tell me, not just one, so I'd watch out for him, keep on the ball. So I was very like, right, what's going on here, what's going on here, what's going on here? Very on top of everything. And I think it got to him a little bit, but I wasn't being a dick or anything about it. I was just like, right, what squad's in that? Where's that going from where's it going to just making sure i knew what he was doing with everything knew exactly where what you which unit was where because it was a gladius with like 30 different units or something so it's hat when he's got each squad different because you had two with plasma two with melt two with flamer a couple of dev squads it's tricky to keep track of what's where so i was like right can you put a guy here can you put a guy there and he was a bit like uh and a little bit like oh what's going on it's because I was keeping on top of everything making sure there was nothing funny going on um, massive thing in this game was he got second turn which he only deployed a rhino and five guys which I'd only deployed a couple of D cannons and inquisitor and I think some jetbike squad and he outflanks everything so I kill the a rhino or a razorback because he moves it into D cannon range, not completely under ruin. The back of it stuck out, so I hit and kill that. Uh, but unfortunately, there's no first blood, and that's about it. So my turn two, I kill the five marines that are sat somewhere. I kill a couple from another squad, and just get in positions around walls and near objectives where he wants to come on. So he comes on with most of his reserves, his turn two, gets his guys out, goes to shoot the spiders. Right, okay, I'll flick a jump then. Uh, what? What are you doing? I flick a jump. So when you shoot me, I get to move to 86. Oh, I thought that was when you, like, assault them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was a little bit like, what? So he kills a couple of guys here or there, because... I can't quite hide everyone because he's got a lot of units out because you can only jump once 
and then my turn three uh, I bring on the rest of my reserves the Wraith Knight and I think I killed 10 or 11 units this turn and he's just a bit like oh, what's just happened I'm like well a spider squad will kill a rhino or a razorback pretty easy if it's sat in the open because you should get like eight hits you'll need two three fives or i've got my scat bike squad sat there with open firing lanes to finish off whatever they don't so i just killed all his vehicles pretty much apart from two or three so he's just got marines on foot walking around now and then his turn he kills a few spiders here or there low puts everything into the wraith knight leaves it on one wound i think i passed two out of three feel no pains at the end got a little bit lucky on that and he then jumps and kills a marine squad finishes a tank does a couple of hull points here or there a couple of wounds on another squad and gets to turn five and i leave him with he's got one marine just hiding in the corner of a ruin with a destroyed rhino blocking so can't quite get to see him he's got two marines in the middle of the board and he's got a hunter which has just come on turn four and because he's gone second he just goes okay right oh we're running out of time now uh, right so i'm going to move this guy onto here contest or claim here this guy here and this guy here oh i win which was a little bit like oh because it's one of those games where if there was a turn six or if i'd gone second not first just one extra turn of shooting him at the end or earlier on because he'd come on before my reserve so i'd get turn two to shoot him as well i think he would have been tabled he was literally left with i think two or three marines khan on a wound a hunter and two stalkers out of a whole battle company killed a fair bit but he did have a lot of models in his army yeah it's just one of those where with going second he could also get the maelstrom as well because he was always going oh game an objective one because i think four of the maelstrom in this mission were claiming an objective he always had something to just go oh look i'm obsec i'm on the objective whereas if we score at the end of each turn i had been scoring a lot as well because i was getting the objective ones and going right i can shoot you off this one and claim it but then someone else can just come on to it so would you say it was a slow game like from his view or there was a lot of points where i was having to hurry him but i think at the beginning of the game i was saying to him like just put your rhinos on the board just get you put the guns on or whatever afterwards it, like i was saying earlier when you're moving your armies from table to table and he had that many units i think it took him about 10 minutes to get everything set up and work out like here's this tank here's that tank here's this tank here's that tank and when it, it took him about 10 15 minutes every turn to move on from reserve so i think it was more one of those where he knew he was going second he was in no rush i'll put it that way wasn't massively slow but he was taking his time over things so i was very much like pushing at one point he's like dude just chill i'm just trying to like have a game i'm like i know i'm just making sure we get everything done because we need to finish this and we've both got busy armies we're going to take I a bit of time people say that they don't they either don't say it see what they're doing wrong as in slow playing or they're doing it intentionally and i think there's no point where anyone should feel guilty about hurrying someone up because at the end of the day there is a time limit which means you do have to play quick 
Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it frustrates me when I see some people say it to players who don't, or people, not players, people who don't have the mentality of answering back. So, for example, if a if a player goes, oh, excuse me, do you, can we just uh, hurry the game up a bit? And someone says that back, they'd feel terrible, wouldn't they? And they yeah. probably just wouldn't want to say anything. Go, oh, okay, I'm sorry for asking. You know, you know, it's it's frustrating, and I think that you shouldn't have that. It's a game at the end of the day, but you know, it, it comes both ways. So if you're playing slow, you need to hurry up. So. Yeah, it's one of those things where, with it being a game, there's a lot of people. Not saying Steve was or wasn't at the time he was just he might have just been that's the way the speed he plays at but there's some yeah. people will intentionally slow the game down because it benefits them or not not get things done whereas at the end of the day if you're going to beat someone in a game you there's a rule book there you beat them with that not underhanded means but that's another issue entirely yeah. so that's where this game came pretty much came down to him having second turn and time. having five turns. Mm. Whereas another 15 minutes in the game, which I said to Reese and Frankie are quite a lot at points, if they'd started the day half an hour earlier, finished it 15 minutes later, or vice versa, just have 15 minutes a game in a lot of my games, I felt you'd have time just to finish the games off. Because yeah. I don't think I ever got to turn six in any game. And there was a couple where five was literally just oh this goes there that goes there that'll do because there was no time i know there's a few players i think joe got shrewd on this twice where he never had a turn five but his opponent did or it might have even been turn four or three but his opponent had a turn but he didn't get a turn so he had an odd number of turns which is just like unheard of it over That's here very frustrating isn't it? yeah imagine. but then at the same time he did that those people two boards down finishing a turn so it kind of seemed the judges were more lenient for some areas than others which you kind of need to be fair to everyone because you can't be more lenient to the guys on the top tables than the mid table game two when they'll swap around game four the guys in the middle will have had a draw win 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 say and they'll be up at the top now and they've experienced not having a turn earlier on and now they're given a turn, or their opponent's given a turn, yeah. where they they might play thinking, oh, sh- shit, I'm, I'm not going to get a turn, another next turn, so I need to do this and this. And then they go, oh, yeah, you get another turn. It's like, oh, if I'd known that, I wouldn't have done X, Y, Z, A, B, C. Yeah. But it's one of those games where, like, my game anyway, a lot, lot of stuff died. You, you played it well. He didn't have to commit anything. He just reserved and just flooded the objectives, which was pretty much all he had to do in that game, was get stuff on the objectives, keep stuff alive, and he was always going to benefit from that at the end of it. If he could just keep enough alive, the game was always in his favour, which ended up being. Okay. Well, let's just... A quick question, then. While we're on the subject, how would you suggest to a TO for example Reese's um, on what to do on time I think I said to him a few times just 2 hours 45 in 1850 is tight 
you can do it because we've done it in the UK a lot and had a few issues here or there, but nowhere near as many as they had over there. I know they've just had a vote on dropping it down to sixteen fifty or fifteen hundred for the big their bigger events, which it could work. But it just seemed players weren't in a hurry over there. Yeah. Like I've been to Nova in the past, and that was on the east coast, and that was two years ago, and time was an issue again. But that was two and a half hours at eighteen fifty when seventh just came out. But everyone was a lot quicker. It seemed. It just seemed like everyone was a lot more chilled and not in a hurry or not in a rush to get games done. Whereas I think 1850 and the edition we're in, with a lot of the armies at the moment, they're a lot bigger, there's a lot more going on. You need three hours, three and a quarter to be safe. And if you're there for a full day gaming anyway, yeah, it's slightly different being Vegas, but we had 10 o'clock starts, I think it was. I think you could have easily dropped that to half nine. I was surprised at the late start. Like, yeah, if they did it at nine o'clock, um, that extra hour across um, three games, like 15 minutes extra plus what? the 15 minutes extra for lunch. Or Even something. if you had half an hour for half an hour after, you're finishing at half seven. That's not too late to go out in Vegas. No one goes out till 10 anyway. Yeah, exactly. So you still got plenty of time. I think for a big event like that where there are lots of players, there's lots of admin two hours 45 isn't enough yeah because it seemed like the gaps between games didn't exist at some points either so now over here we'll have 15 minutes half an hour so you have all the scores in and then you've still got a little bit of time before the round actually starts Was it, it might have been because they had so many players they were just getting the scores in for the last few and the draw would go up so yep. you wouldn't see a gap apart from lunch there was about half an hour but it was it was one of those where time's always an issue. There's a lot of things you can do, a lot of suggestions like chess clocks, things like that. But there's nothing that ever. Su- that would never work. I just don't understand why even people are no. thinking about chess clocks. I don't think that'd work at all either. But because there's loads of stuff that happens in your opponent's turn that you don't have any say over, such as two d six jumps from water spiders, such as Overwatch, like from Tau such as armor saves, like taking one at a time, all that kind of thing happens in your turn. So they can't have a chess clock, and then your opponent just goes, oh, I'll just take one armor save at a time. Oh, look, you've run out of time. Now you can't shoot the rest of your army. My turn. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it would be so stupid. You there's, just won't enjoy it. There's a lot of little things like that. But I think that's a whole other segue. We could go off on that for hours if we wanted. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. That was all I wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, so, so is that game six? Yeah. Um, I was playing a Gladius. Um, so I'm guessing you killed a hell of a lot like I just did. Yeah, it was a bit different though. He had drop pods. Like, lots ah, okay. I think it was either 11 or 13 drop pods. That was a lot. So um, a lot tougher to kill than Rhinos then. Yeah. Um, obviously all objectives secured. We were playing an objective mission. Um, so I was a bit nervous. Obviously, he's got that far. He's on table two. So I, at first, when I looked at the list, I was like, well, it's not very killy. Like, there was... Most of the squads was just, like, tactical squads with, like, one plasma gun um, or a melter gun. There was com- two command squads with four melter guns. Um, 
you know, there was like no grav. Um, he had an auxiliary with the uh, the air defense one, which is the uh, hunter and stalkers, and he also had the one with two storm talons and a land speeder. Oh yes. So he had. Uh, yeah, he had um, he had quite a lot to sort of deal with uh, for me to deal with. Sorry, so I was a bit nervous because he had a lot of units. So I was thinking, well, if I go first here, this is going to be a bit difficult. But luckily, I won the roll. Um, gave him first turn. Uh, I also rolled invisibility and fortune for my wraith line <laughs> and stealth ruins. So everything he needed. Yeah, <laughs> so. He drops down against the Wraith Knight with a 3 plus cover save, did nothing. The Wraith Knight then went, okay, I'm invis now, I'm fortuned, let's go stompy stompy. Um, he killed a lot that game, he killed loads of marines, he killed, um, I think he killed his commander, or captain or whatever it was. Uh, he then went on to kill the stalker and hunters, uh, he destroyed a drop pod, a land speeder. Yeah, he went ham. Um, that was, I think, the only game he really was MVP. Um, <clears throat> my spiders were just raping every marine <laughs> on the board. Unfortunately for my opponent, he was scattering off the objectives quite often. I think he could only really secure one objective with his pods. So you can just ignore them a lot exactly. of the time at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I think he put three on my objective. Like, there was four objectives. One was, like, my home sort of objective. Um, but because it was on, like, right next to, like, the cannons and a couple of spider squads, eventually they killed them all. But apart from that, I didn't have to really kill pods, luckily. If, however, he flooded each objective with, like, three, four pods, that would have been a lot, a lot difficult, a lot more difficult for, to win, um, the primary. So. Um, managed to get through quite a lot of his army um, across. I think I think we did have six turns. It did go on. Um, both of us were quite quick and knew exactly what we needed to do. Um, but yeah, he just couldn't deal with all my spiders because at the end of the day, he just really had bolt guns and he had to commit quite a lot just to kill like one squad. And even when he was shooting one squad, I'd have like the Exarch left. Yeah, he's he... always out of position as well to do that, aren't you? Yeah. So it was very difficult for him, and uh, yeah, I, I ended up winning. Up. I think I, I won that game max points just because he couldn't, he didn't even get first blood in the first turn. So I think I got that. And yeah, it was it was a difficult matchup for him. I think he's he didn't really have any answer to my spiders, um, but I think he will be using my list in the next tournament, from what he said. So. <laughs> with a lot of other people that kept coming up to me and asking for my lists. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people on about buying warp spiders and hoarding up warp spiders after that, after Vegas. Yeah. Which is surprising because we thought the same after the ETC <laughs> last year. So, yeah. yeah the... it's, it's quite funny. So yeah, my game six, I had Aaron Alung, who'd just gone on from winning... Uh, Nova Open recently so people might recognise the name from there and he had a very similar wolf star to that he had a wolf lord a couple of guys 
a couple of iron priests, a full squad of Ravenwing, the command squad, and then he had two rhinos with space wolves in and five scouts in a fast attack rhino, alongside some silly forge world artillery pieces which had like four or six blasts each for like a hundred points with Space Marine crew rather than Guard, so they even had three up saves. And I was pretty confident going into this because he didn't roll invisibility. Which in that matchup is huge. Which means if I can drop in and do enough damage, he he's gonna get a couple of squads that are close, yeah. But I'll whittle him down. Unfortunately, I think my first three turns after I got the drop and did what damage I could. Killed about 10 models and most of those were the little wolves. Uh, I think I got maybe got one librarian and then I got one or two of the command squad and he managed to pick off quite a lot of spider squads in the process because I had to commit and be close enough to get the damage in the right spots which left me open a little bit so he was getting a squad a turn sometimes two but then at turn four I think it was I managed to get a decan hit on his apocryphy and finish that guy off which meant my spiders and my scat bikes on turn five when he split everything off to be on the objectives turn four at this point I only had two or three spider squads left the wraith knight who'd just been chilling in his backfield just because he couldn't go and commit to him because he was just stood on his own uh, and then I had a decanon and uh, the bike squad but I managed to kill off his chaplain and two librarians who were all, all wounded on my objective I managed to kill off Wolfgar battle leaders, scouts an iron priest and I got Azrael down to two wounds on the middle objective and then blocked him off with one spider squad with another spider squad behind controlling the objective to try and claim that stop him contesting he was up on maelstrom by a couple of points because he'd had a bit more board control than me and i couldn't quite keep my two objectives and when i needed to score them uh, but he just got a little bit luckier on the rolls there but having the board control helped because a lot of time it was had three units in mind none of my opponents and he was always just turboing a guy or making sure he had someone trailing back to be in my deployment zone to stop me getting those points and my last turn I needed to kill off those guys in both objectives which I did just about I had Azrael blocked off and then if my Wraith Knight had killed a Razorback with his scatter laser I think I'd already done one hull point to it so I needed to do another two with the scatter laser and a flame template I would have been able to charge the squad on his objective kill them which I did and then his guys sorry, in the Rhino not a Razorback wouldn't have been able to get to his objective so I'd have had two he would have had the one that, that was sat on initially but his other one was a little bit too far away so I'd have had two maybe three depending on how Azrael could do to contest so it would have been a draw on that and I think I had Linebreaker he 
didn't at that point if he'd wanted to keep his objective. And he got first blood because he'd left a librarian behind a ruin uh, just out of line of sight at the back of the board. And I went for that with a spot of spiders, which scattered, I think, nine inches directly onto him. If I'd gone to either side, probably would have been okay, as long as I didn't go backwards. And then I rolled a one. So that gave him first blood, where a hit or anything around there probably would have got his librarian, because it was just two wounds, free up save. So I was ten, or five spiders, ten shots, good chance of getting it there yeah which if i could have done the last turn as i needed or he'd failed a couple of saves earlier on yeah and i'd just be able to kill an extra guy here or there it i think i could have had primary he would have still got maelstrom but then that first blood would have made it real interesting the last turn yeah but as it was because he got first blood off that rather than me and i didn't quite kill the rhino he managed to get uh three of the objectives because his rhino could just move to get onto the obsec where my wraith knight was so he had that one the one he was on so even if he could have uh it was have been a even if it was a draw on that and asriel could have contested he would have still had a draw there win pri win the maelstrom and he was up one point on the tertiary because of that first blood so he got that which at that point we were on table eight, so that just snuck him in to the top eight, I think by one or two points from memory. Yeah, uh, well, there was three people on the same points, so it came down to VPs or something. Oh, so, was it that close? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's... Yeah, so he literally just snuck in. Whereas I think if I could have, if I'd have won that game, I would have just snuck in. But. Aaron's a nice guy. I've met him at Nova a couple of years ago. I met him at the ECC last year. So we know each other. We get on really well. And it was just one of those games where a little bit of luck frustrating. Yeah. on saves here or there. And a little bit went his way. It could have easily gone the other way. But we were talking about it afterwards. If he'd got invis, it would have been a completely different game because. I would have done even less damage to him. I probably wouldn't have even touched him. But having... He played it well. We were talking over afterwards. I don't think either of us could have done anything else. I had to commit and go for the drop to do the damage. Because if it had worked, it would have been massive. If I just sit back, then my spiders don't do anything anyway. And Because there's no kill points, it doesn't really matter about giving up units. But it was one of those where, at the end of it, I was a little bit like, oh, not quite made it. But went some got some food, had a couple of drinks, and had a bit of a party that night when you had an early one. Yeah. Well, I don't even remember that night, to be honest. That was the night we all went for the Italian that was actually a disco inside. Uh... The one where it was really, really loud. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember now. And Joe got the pig's foot. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that was... Uh... It came out, it was just this fatty pig's trotter. And he's just uh, like, what, what, what's this? I was absolutely shattered. Like, yeah. You just crashed pretty much, didn't you? Yeah, I was so tired. And then the rest of us went out and had a bit of a Jamie Vardy. <laughs> yeah. 
So, moving on to the last day. Uh, luckily, you made it. Unfortunately, I didn't. But I got to do lots of other fun stuff on that day, so I didn't really mind too much. I think you won out. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I ended up watching Super Bowl, going to my mate's wedding, uh, which was really fucked up. Vegas weddings are a little bit surreal. Uh, what else you, just can't, you just can't drunk. imagine. You can't imagine you're going for a drive-through, and <laughs> out on the other side, you're married to some bird. You're like, what? What happened? I just wanted a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was really odd, but yeah, I had a great day. Got to do loads of stuff and was drunk quite a lot of it actually, without realizing. I was so jealous, so so jealous. <laughs> like you, I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought I'd be doing. Yeah, it was one of those where even though we all wanted to get top eight, none of us were massively bummed that we didn't make it because we were still in Vegas, and we'd said beforehand, we've got all this cool stuff we can go and do. Oh no, we don't make top eight. Let's go and do something else just as awesome. At the end of the day, we pretty much played a fairly long tournament anyway across the two days. So when it came to day three, we were all pretty... Well, I was pretty shattered anyway. And I, we all said to each other on the second day, like, oh, kind of not bothered anymore because I just want to get pissed. <laughs> so I missed out on all that. Oh yeah, because we all went out crazy on the Saturday night as well, didn't we? To like four in the morning playing beer pong. And you were in bed at... 11 or something. I can't even remember what I did that night. We, we all went to that Saturday? restaurant and then where Joe got the pig's trotters. Oh, yeah. Oh, they are disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the rest of the food was amazing. <laughs> yeah, all our food was nice. But what he had, oh. So... All his pig trotters. <laughs> <laughs> I think he ordered it and they turned up and he went, oh. I didn't oh, realise I'd actually ordered pig's trotters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took forever to cook as well. Like, I didn't even know what they were doing. They're probably, like, cutting them up and everything. Probably <laughs> trying to catch oh, the just... pig. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Disgusting. But, anyway. <laughs> mm. um, you got diced, didn't you? Which I can't remember if we touched on previously. Yeah, um... We all got a pack of casino dice, which, now you mention it, I don't even know where they are. Because um, they were quite nice dice. Uh, I don't anyway, remember I, packing I, I, them. Sorry? I don't remember packing them anywhere, so they might be in your suitcase. <laughs> yeah. no. I, you know what? There's still a few things in my suitcase. They probably are. <laughs> um, yeah. So, end of, uh, I think it was Saturday evening. Um... The top eight, including myself, was um, brought together, and we had a quick chat with Reese about what the uh, goings on uh, was planned for the Sunday. And um, we were all given dice because of previous uh, issues, I'll say. Um, I th- was it the last LVA? I'm not too sure. No, I think it was another event in between where all right. some dodgy dice over in the states. Yeah. Yeah, apparently someone was using some dodgy dice with a six on the five. Or, or there was two fives instead of a two. Two fives, right, yeah, something like that. So, 
yeah, he decided to give us all dice, which was cool. We got to keep them. Um, I wasn't really bothered. The only thing I was bothered about was they were quite sharp. <laughs> so when rolling them, like, shredding up your hands. But no, they were um, they were fine. They'd knock models about as well because they were quite big. But it was good for the stream because you could see all the dice as well, apparently. Like, I don't know. I, I haven't seen. Um, so yeah, we were given dice. We were told the timings, etc., which was something like be there for 7 o'clock in the morning. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> so yeah, it was... Um, it was pretty tiring, sort of waking up in the morning that early when you guys were still asleep. Um, so that that's why I must have gone to bed a bit earlier than you guys because you didn't have a, a fucking curfew to get up. Yeah, I cannot remember you getting up for that day, actually. I think we were still passed out. You were, yeah, I pretty much snuck out. <laughs> the frustrating thing was I got downstairs and we were pretty much sitting around for like an hour, an hour and a half. I was like, for God's sake, could have slept. <laughs> and uh, all I had for that hour was banter from... Um, a few of the Americans, Sean, uh, Alan, uh, I can't remember who else, a few other lads. They're all laughing at the fact that my first round matchup was uh, a Necron army, which I couldn't pretty much hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one with a monolith and an obelisk. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? So, um, yeah, I, that was my first round matchup. Uh, something which I couldn't really kill. Well, the only things that could kill it was two single D cannons and a Wraith Knight. <laughs> In combat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they're all just laughing at the fact that out of everyone to play that list, mine was like the only one that couldn't kill a monolith. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I could kill it. And they're like, no. <laughs> and did you? Uh, no, I didn't scratch it at all. I don't think I even caused one hull point. <laughs> Yeah, that was amusing. Um, yeah, so, well, basically, I'll go into the round. Uh, so I've, I'm playing Necrons with a... So it's a Decurion. So the standard stuff you get in a normal Decurion. Uh, 20 Warriors, 5 Immortals, Lord... Uh, he had that special character, Lord. Sandrek? Yeah, that everyone takes. Um, he had the... Uh, minimum Twin Blades, just three. And then he had... Uh, I'm trying to remember. The Praetorian Court, whatever it's called, with the two units of... Seven Praetorians and a Triarch Stalker. Triarch Stalker, yeah. And then he had a Monolith and an Obelisk uh, formation. Um, so he had an Obelisk, which was actually fairly annoying, uh, as I later found out, and um, a Monolith. So I looked at the list and I was pretty confident. Um, everyone seemed to think I would have had a, had a tough time because the Monolith and Obelisk can pretty much sit on an objective and there's no way I'm going to sort of kick it off oh sorry he also had 20 death marks forgot about them two units of 10 death marks or two units of nine something like that um i think this is a guy hulu played round six isn't it yeah yeah so it was interesting necron list looking at it on paper i didn't see what it did and i wasn't too worried and out of all the matchups i could have had i thought i got a fairly decent matchup round one However, obviously, I've got to respect the fact that he's a good player. He's got to the top eight for a reason. He knows what he's doing with his list. And there's probably a few things there that I didn't really know about, like Deathmarks. I wasn't too sure what they do in the new edition. I the last time I played against Deathmarks was 6th edition. Um, you know, stuff like that. So I wasn't too sure exactly what I was in for. And I didn't know what the Obelisk did at all. Because, um, you know, who takes one of them? <laughs> um, yeah, it turns out that 
the way they ruled <coughs> the obelisk was the line of sight from those um, guns from the corners is pretty much 180 degrees because you measure it from the ball. So at an angle, you can shoot three of them at one target. And they were all um, Tesla, and I think they were five shots each, strength seven, and they could all shoot different targets. And what was annoying for me was the board had very little line of sight blocking terrain. So my spiders were constantly being shot at by these things. And each time he's rolling a six, he's getting an extra two shots. They're all strength sevens. They're only on twos, instant killing my axe arc. So I was a bit nervous. Um, luckily, I managed to roll turn two, though. Um, so I gave him first turn. Um, and it was, I think it was three objectives. And most of the um, missions was either kill a unit or... Um, hold an objective, which is probably my favourite mission. We actually played it wrong at first, and we had to restart because we thought it was something else. Uh -huh. How far did you get in before you had to restart? Fifteen minutes. <laughs> we basically set up ready to start, and then the um, ref came over and overheard that we mentioned the mission, and he was like, uh, "Are you guys playing mission one?" And we're like, "Yeah." It's like well, you should be playing mission three, and we're like. But it's game one. <laughs> so we were like, we both said like, oh, could we just play this mission out because we're both sort of prepared for it? And he was like, no, you got to restart. So we restarted, but he he said he'd give us an extra fifteen minutes. So that's not too bad then. Yeah, that was cool. Um, so yeah, I can't I couldn't give you all the details turn by turn, but basically he came down. Uh, he deep struck most of his stuff. He tried to keep some of it off. Um, I think he kept Zendrax, um, reroll reserve. Um, Ability. Oh, he just changed his warlord trait to that after, yeah. on his second after turn. Turn two, yeah. Um, he didn't really keep much off. I think he kept a couple of units off, but he had his. Um, I think his obelisk came down, or monolith, or both. Um, he had a unit of death marks come down, and a. I think the Praetorians, one of the units came down. So he only had like uh, one unit of Praetorians. Immortals and something else in reserve. Um, so most of it came down turn two. Um, he went for objectives and stuff, but because I had turn two, it allowed me to kind of play around that. Um, death marks were quite brutal, so on the drop, they target a unit and they wound on twos, so my D cannons didn't really have anywhere uh, to hide, and I only deployed one, the other one was in reserve. So he killed one. And bear in mind, like my D cannons are the only things that can really hurt the monoliths. And uh, monolith and obelisk from range, so I was a bit nervous. Um, turn two, most of my stuff came on. Um, got the drop on most of his stuff. Killed his Praetorians. Uh, killed some of his jet bikes. Uh, I think I killed all the death marks. And that would be recurring throughout the game. Um, I think my turn three was a massive, or turn four was a bit of a disaster. I had uh, killed two units, and he had literally units of one around the board, which I could not kill for the life of me um, so I was a bit nervous then uh, because it kind of brought him back in the game a bit and I think that was turn 3 because I had like I literally had a couple of units lying around of, of spiders on one or two man um, so yeah it was quite a actually tough game I think because his, his units were quite fast the Praetorians were 12 tough, um, it's tough to kill 3 plus followed by a 4 plus um, because he's a Curian um it was just a matter of um, me having second turn, if I'm perfectly honest with you. Be able to jump on objectives and not worry about it too much. Uh, get the Maelstrom, stop his Maelstrom by deep striking units um, forward. 
Um, he didn't really have an answer to my Wraith Knight, so that was uh, just flanking up the side, contesting stuff, killing stuff. Um, the Obelisk was very annoying. Um, he managed to see my Warlord and kill my Warlord and the unit over a bit of line of sight blocking terrain because it jumped onto a building. Oh, you got the whole unit in one go? Yeah, yeah, he killed them a lot. Well, I, I had some pretty terrible saves, mind you, but yeah, he killed a lot. And... Um, I don't think he used it as efficiently as he could have. Um, he was more using it to shoot stuff rather than sit on an objective and say, you can't have this one. Bear in mind, it's quite high in the air, so I could just assault it, uh, the base. So I don't think it would have mattered too much. Um, I don't know if you've seen an obelisk model, but basically it's not like a monolith where he could block something off because of the size of it. The obelisk is on just a flying base, so I can just assault it and... Yeah, it's stuck up quite a bit, isn't it? Depends yeah. how big that base is, like the position and everything. But yeah, it wasn't. It was easy to sort of get around, especially going second. So yeah, I I, I pretty much killed most of his army apart from the obelisk monolith, and I think his warlord and a unit at the back stayed alive, from what I recall. Um, so I won that quite convincingly. I think it was eleven two at the end. So a max points with an eleven then, which is all that really matters. Well, does it, it really, really matter? No. Not at that, not at that stage. I mean, you could win six-five. A win is a win. There, it's just straight a, knockouts in the it's top just eight. Knockout, yeah. But I, I, I won quite convincingly against a fairly interesting army, which I wasn't too worried about going in. But then I sort of was because there must have been a reason he was there, which there was. He was a great player. Um, it, it had a few interesting tricks, but I think my army was just faster and had more firepower to slowly whittle down his army. So, yeah. So, do you know who else got through to the last four at that point? Yeah, so uh, Steve Sisk, if that's his name. Is yeah. Um, he was playing Alan A... I can never say Aaron A-Long? A-Long, yeah. Um, and he beat him, um, so Steve went through. Um, we had Sean and Alex Fennell. Oh, uh, they had a rematch? Yeah, because they'd played each other previously, and I think Sean narrowed it through. I think it, it looked like quite a tight game from what I could tell. I mean, I turned around and both players were quite tense. Um, just to mention, uh, my Necron opponent was sound. Like we had a really, although it was a uh, obviously a tight game, we had a really good laugh. You know, it was a good game. Really nice guy, good player. Um, but it seemed every other table seemed to be quite quiet and tense, so I didn't really talk to anyone. <laughs> Um, and who was it? Alan played Brad Chester. Brad was using an Elder List as well. Um, slightly different to my own, but also similar. Um, I think, yeah, Alan won that. So there was Alan, myself, Sean, and Steve that went through to the next round. And we had five minutes in between, which was fun. Ooh, so no time for any lunch or anything. Actually, I lie, I think it was 15 minutes, and I think I got one of you guys, I think it was Mark, to run down and grab me a pizza or something. Because I didn't have much time. Uh, that was uh, a bit frustrating, especially when you guys uh, rocked up and had all beers, and was like, oh yeah, we just watched Super Bowl. I was like, oh, fuck's sake. Oh yeah, me and Chris had just been for hot dogs and beers and everything. Yeah. So I was a bit like, oh, I think actually that might have been after the second game or, or or halfway through. But yeah, I can't remember. 
Um, I got Drew originally against Steve in a kill point mission, which I was pretty happy about, but it didn't make sense because of the draws. The way the seeds work, he should have been playing Sean. And I should have been playing Alan. Um, which Sean quickly corrected the refs. Um, so Sean got, uh, I'll say, an easier matchup for the mission. Um, kill points against a Gladius is always fun. Yeah, when I was talking to him about that, which we'll hear early in this podcast segment, he was like pretty confident about that and then ended up being a pretty tight game. Yeah, I heard, yeah. So, um, yeah, you can never be too overconfident. Um, so, yeah, I ended up drawing Alan with his uh, horrid demon list. But it's all right, you beat this once. Oh, it was a draw, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a draw beforehand. We drew six all. Um, yeah, it, <laughs> I genuinely thought, and I pretty much I, I recall telling a few of you guys that I was going to lose this one. Simply because it was kill points and primary. Um, he rolled all the good great or rewards. He got all his powers he wanted. Um, he had second turn. And I don't know who I turned to. I think it was Christian. I was like, Christian, get me a beer. This isn't going to take very long. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't get any good powers. Um, I can't even remember what I rolled for. I think there was something specific I wanted, but... I don't know. Against demons, it's kind of like you want banishment and then you probably want invis on your wraith knight just to hold something up. Yeah. But no, I didn't get either. So, Well, I think I got banishment. But... Yeah, I was going to say you can't not get banishment if you roll for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that um, would have been but some again, skill. It's, it, it's not really going to work against someone with that many dice because that's the only power they'd want to stop, banishment. Yeah. And it's quite short range. So, yeah, I didn't I didn't think I got anything I needed. So, um, yeah, going into the game, I was pretty... Um, I wasn't confident at all, to be honest. He, he had uh, a Death Star. He had a uh, Bellacore, which is quite difficult to kill, with a 2-plus cover save. He's got a potentially invised Bloodthirster, which I'm winning on sixes with most of my army. Um, and then, of course, he's got Fate Weaver, which potentially has a 2-plus re-rollable and vulnerable save. So I was looking at his army and going, well, he's quite durable. I'm good at getting objectives. He's got a second turn, so denies that. And I'm playing kill points. And most of the mission, uh, Maelstrom missions, is like, go here, go there. And I'm thinking, well, he can counteract my play with his Screamer Star. So, going into the game, I wasn't uh, very confident. However, um, I had sort of game plan. Um, I decided to stick to it as if I was going second. Uh, deployed three units. And the reason I always deploy three or four units... Is for Maelstrom. So some Maelstrom is like, uh, have a unit in your opponent's deployment, so spiders are quite quick to do that. Uh, have three units in your deployment zone, so again, three units. Um, so there was always a, a idea to my madness. And uh, yeah, the rest pretty much deep struck or went in reserve. I made a bit of a boo-boo there and, and put most of my spiders in reserve rather than um, deep striking because I thought he would be playing quite aggressive and be on sort of my side of the board. Um, turns out something went a bit sour for Alan and I didn't need it. Um, which I think you recall. There was some shitty rolls. I think, was it his Warp Storm failing? Yeah. Even with his re-roll or something? So turn two, um, Alan casts Grimoire. He gets Grim. And I'm thinking, okay, I kind of needed him to, to not get Grim this turn so I could get the drop on him and do some damage to that Screamer Council before you know, the rest of his army starts flying around, cutting up my spiders, 
So, um, he gets Grim, he goes through the second power phase, um, he fails to cast Cursed Earth on, like, five dice or something. So, I can't... No, he hasn't used his reroll at this point. So, he's gone, well, okay, he's only got a three plus vulnerable save, but, you know, that's still pretty decent. You've got the reroll one, only two's a fail. So I'm thinking, okay, I might still go for this, do some damage, and probably lose some spiders in return. Then the Warpsaw table comes along and goes, fuck you, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> um, he rolls a double two, uh, uses his Fate Weaver reroll, and then rolls a double two again. And what that means is he's now minus one invulnerable save on his army, half of which had flown off the board. So all he had on his board was, I think, his Bloodthirster, uh, which was in the middle of the board, and his Screamer Council because the rest was uh, either in reserve or he just flew off. So I thought, fuck it. He's only got four pluses on the board with the reroll one. This is the best chance I'm going to have to kill that Screamer Council. So I think I dropped four units of spiders. I think there was five, but one uh, mishapped, which I'll mention later. <laughs> um, so I had four units of spiders drop. I had three units of scat bikes um, set up to shoot them as well. Um, and just went for it, really. Um, after the dust settled, he didn't have a single Screamer or a... Uh, what do you call it? The Herald. And it came down literally to the last wound, I think, uh, to finish them off. Because it would have been frustrating leaving one, not get, getting the kill point and having to chase that around. But no, I, I killed them all. So I was pretty happy. That pretty much brought me back in the game. Um, most people thought that put Alan on the back foot, but to me it was um, just giving me a chance now. How many kill points did you get in that little bloodbath? I got first blood, which was important later on, um, and I got three kill points. So I got two, uh, one herald, uh, sorry, two heralds and the screamers. So that was three kill points out of his. I think he's got like seven in his army or something or nine. A nice amount then. Mm. Yeah, it put me up, which was good. Um, then. <sighs> The rest of the game came down to just hiding. Most of my army was sort of bouncing around the corners, keeping away from his flyers. Um, my Wraith Knight pressed up and just flamed the fuck out of his uh, horrors, which was quite amusing to see. Um, getting rid of that horrible go-to-ground cover save, re-rolling ones, um, was really nice with the Hellstorm. Um... Yeah, that basically happened for the next sort of two to three turns, bouncing kill points back and forth. I'm literally trying to do everything to stop his Maelstrom and get a few here and there, but as the game went on, it looked like he was going to get Maelstrom. Um, yeah, I'll basically skip to sort of turn five, because that's when it starts to get tight. Um, we count up the kill points, and it looks like I'm ahead at this point. What I didn't realise at turn 5 was that my mishapped Warp Spider unit was still mishapped. <laughs> You'd forgot about them. Yeah. Um, Alan got reminded um, via text, I think, or something, because he checked his phone. He's like, oh, wait, what about your uh, Warp Spiders? That, um, let's count them. So we counted the units I had on the board, and I think I only had like six, so there was three dead rather than two. And I was thinking to myself, how the hell have I lost three squads? But it didn't occur to me that one... Was in reserve still. Yeah. So actually we tied on kill points there. Um, and the game went on anyway, so it didn't really matter. Uh, game went on to turn six. And uh, it, it was coming to the stage where he had units of like one warp spiders to chase down, 
where his warp storm could have um, potentially killed them, which they were doing a lot of work to my warp spiders. He had um, he had forgotten warp flame on a fair few occasions. Um, however, I think that counters the fact that he got a whole kill point for free. <laughs> well, so, yeah. you remembered in the end with that one, though, didn't you? So. No, I didn't. I didn't remember until after the game. Ah, right. That sucks. Yeah, someone told me. Um, you're like, you do realise when he walks by, this is still in reserve. I was like, oh. But I think that comes down to just being so tired. You're trying to think of, I'm not, like, you're trying to think of Maelstrom, you're trying to count the kill points. The Maelstrom missions are weird. Um, yeah, there's high pressure, fatigue. Yeah. Everything oh, does get to you. Like, I remember being at Nova at that point. The second to last game, I was dead on my feet pretty much. Yeah, you're just trying to think of a hundred different things at once, and then people are like, oh, how could you forget this? It's like, oh, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, it was a really tight game. Um, I had a decision to make at the end. Basically, I had to tie Maelstrom, and the only way to do that was to to take an objective. Um, and the only way to take the objective was to kill Bellacore. And the only person who can kill Bellacore at that time was my Wraith Knight. So I'm thinking, well, I'm going to have to assault him in cover, which means he strikes first. Bellacore wounds on twos with, like, five attacks at weapon skill nine. Yeah, something like that. So I'm hitting him on fives. What's the chances of me killing him in combat? Not much, really, let's be honest. Um, so I thought, fuck it. I've got to go for it, because it's the only way I can draw Maelstrom, otherwise Alan wins. So I assault uh, Bellacore with my Wraith Knight. Impact it does nothing. My attacks cause one wound, I think. Uh, which I think he re-rolls with Fate Weaver re-roll and ignores, which was quite frustrating because I'm hitting on fives. We're on twos, but yeah, only hit him with like two attacks or something. He strikes back and only causes one wound, I think. I pass like two or three feel no pains, which is pretty big because if he got if he caused three wounds on my Wraith Knight, he gets a Maelstrom point. Oh yeah. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> so it was a huge risk, absolutely huge risk. Um, and then the ref reminded me about Stomp, um, which I kind of gave out in the next turn, and then he was like, oh, you haven't done your Stomp yet. I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> this comes down to the fact that I don't really use GMCs often. Um, so I roll my Stomp, and I roll a 6. And for some reason, I thought Stomp was comped the same way as Range D. So... I was like, oh, that's three runes. And cheeky little Alan was just, just nodded and was like, yeah, yeah, three runes. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he might not have known as well. I'm just messing. So I only caused three runes with a stomp six. Uh, I found out later that actually that was uh, not true. And uh, I, I checked my phone and uh, Hodor was like, sent me about 10 or 12 messages saying... Stomp 6 is removed from play. Stomp 6 is removed from play. <laughs> oh, I remember seeing that. You had a load of messages. Yeah, and I think Christian messaged me as well. And apparently this stream was going absolutely mad about it. Like I was just like, oh my god, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and basically I thought the game was lost then. So Alan had his turn. He did what we calculated he'd do um, after a few back and forth moves. And um, yeah, it came down to the combat again. And uh, I didn't do anything, any damage. Came to the stomp, and stomp sixed him again. <laughs> so it, it didn't matter. I managed to kill him. It in the paid end. off in the end, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. So I stomp sixed him twice. Um, actually, going back, uh, the highlight of the game I think was my uh, 
random D cannon blast on one horror, which was next to two squads of bunched up warp spiders. I don't know if you uh, heard or saw that. Oh, uh, I think I heard about it, but didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, I, I basically left one horror alive, and I wanted the kill point that badly that I decided to shoot at the D cannon at him. And it was literally like if I scattered either left or right a couple of inches, it would have hit like four or five warp spiders. <laughs> So I managed to get a hit, and then I rolled a six, and Adam was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was so funny. Um, it was so risky to do on the top table, but I was like, you know what, whatever. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to take that gamble, though. <laughs> I, I literally, at that point, didn't care. I was so tired, so I was like, I'm doing it. Uh, so yeah, I managed to win the game in the end. It was so tight throughout, and it literally came down to the last roll. Um... And that's how difficult the game becomes when uh, you don't have second turn, I think. Uh, you really can't play around the Maelstrom. You just scrape points rather than walk through it. Yeah, I found that. It's one of those where, because your opponent just goes, ah, oh, just move here and block you, or do this or do that. Unless you've got mass obsec like a Gladius, mm-hmm. then you're really struggling with Maelstrom. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the Maelstrom dif- uh, are always different. <clears throat> so it's good to sort of counterplay your opponent having that second turn. So yeah, I managed to win that. I don't know what the score was. I think it was like 7-5 or 7-6 or something like that. It, it was quite close. Yeah, it was a really good game, really tight. I enjoyed it. And that, Alan, I think, didn't mind too much after that because he ended up winning the ITC circuit overall, getting a big three grand check for that I think it was and then got to go get married <laughs> since exactly. he wasn't playing the game so he yeah, wasn't uh, he wasn't too upset by that it worked out for him in the end I think because uh, I think it was down to either him or Aaron or Steve was it I think there was a couple of guys who could have caught him but as long as he made top eight yeah I think he was guaranteed to go through and just take the top spot yeah decent yeah no I was really happy for him um Really good guy, really great games. I played him twice, obviously. Um, good list, really strong to see a demon list at the top eight. But I still think some variations of demons are quite good uh, if you know what you're doing with them. Yeah, it's, I think his list was a weird one because over here, you don't think there's many events that let you actually build that kind of list with a double CAD. No, there's none. I don't think. Well, uh, hardly I think any. AOC did, but I think that was the only one I've seen that let you do that. And It'd be interesting to see that kind of list in the ETC missions and the meta over here, just how well it would do. I think you can just about build it with the new formations and stuff um, in the new Codex Demon book. But um, That's going to change things all over again anyway. So Yeah, there's there's so many different builds, but we can go on and on about that. I won't bother, but yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting. It'll definitely shake up the meta, I think. Um, but yeah, just, uh, just to move on. Game one... Uh, game one? Game 9, sorry. <laughs> Table 1, that's where I was coming from. Against uh, Sean Naden and his Eldar Dark Eldar. Last game of the day. By this point, I'm shattered. Everyone else has a beer apart from me. Uh, why me? <laughs> yeah, this will be quite interesting to hear your view on this, because I know I've spoke to Sean independently, so we've got mm-hmm. his side of things. So. Okay, so um, I'll start from the beginning. So... Um, Sean's won the role for taking second turn. This was pretty big. Um, for me, when I looked at his list, it's quite MSU. I think I can handle most of it. I had a counter to pretty much everything he has. 
Um, Sweeping Hawks don't phase me. The Death Corps don't doesn't phase me. Uh, because I'm winning it on threes, I think. Is it initiative five? I think it's five, yeah. yeah. I'm not 100% um, sure. You know, with rending, so all this stuff. I'm looking at the list and going, this kind of list I can deal with. There's not much to threaten me. However, he's got second turn. And with uh, the objectives, four objectives being the primary mission plus Maelstrom, it puts me on the back foot quite a big, in a big way. Um, psychic power-wise, I don't think I get anything interesting. Um, I think I also don't get the side I want as well. So, uh, yeah, pre pre-game rolls, Sean's got me there. I'd say. Um, down to the list itself then. So, uh, for those who don't know, Sean's running about 30 swooping hawks, I think. Um, three in an aspect host, one in the CAD. He's got one unit of uh, warp spiders, uh, three units of CAD scat bikes, a Autark with swooping hawk wings, uh, a warp hunter, um, of, what's that damn shield generator thing? The void shield generator. Yeah, void shield generator. Um, and a five-man corpse thief. So he's got something to sort of push, push forward, um, with good sort of board coverage. Um, he's got some range firepower and he's got some um, swooping hawks, <laughs> which to me I don't understand the use. Like I, I didn't understand the swooping hawks. They're fast and they threaten vehicles with haywires. Um, they're annoying at best, but meh. I didn't really get them, but obviously he's used them well. He knows what they do. He's a good player, uh, hence why he's there. So uh, fair enough to him. I would have just preferred more warp spiders. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, that's sort of pre pre game. So um, there wasn't much deployed on either side. Uh, I think he only deployed two things: his void shield generator and the unit of sweeping hawks. I think the rest was in reserve, from what I recall. He might have had two units of Sweeping Hawks. Yeah, I think there was two. One, two. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, I again deployed only three units, even going first. Um, so first turn was just shuffling around, going for objectives. Um, second turn, obviously because I had a first turn, he would end up getting the drop on me. So what I decided to do was minus one to my reserves. Sorry, plus one to my reserves. So that most of my stuff would stay off. Oh, so you made it a four rather than a three, basically. Yeah, uh, rather than a two or a three, yeah. yeah. And I think I pretty much kept most of my army off. I think the only thing that came on was like one unit of scat bikes with my warlord, um, who was my autark, and two units of spiders, maybe, I think, off the top of my head. Um, so I just went for first blood with them. I dropped them next to uh, his swooping hawks. Uh, just about killed them because I dropped them within the void shield generator so I didn't have to worry about that um, so I got first blood or first strike or whatever it was called um, which was quite important um, and yeah and then uh, obviously Sean I think made a bit of a mistake here so Sean wanted to outflank his corpse thief which I thought was a bit strange he had a 50-50 well he had a pretty good chance of getting the side he wanted. He wanted to come down the left side, where there was two objectives on my side of the board, because uh, we were playing sort of diagonally. Um, and he wanted to go for them. He got the wrong side. 
So he's caught Thief only moving six inches, comes on the wrong side of the board, which he he didn't want, which basically put them out of the game entirely. Um, they were only near objectives he could have got anyway or contested. They were nowhere near my objectives. They were nowhere near sort of the middle of the board, giving them quite a threatening um, arc. I'm not sure why he didn't deploy them. Was um, he afraid of your alpha strike being able to take? Is yeah. it, or if you drop down with everything turn two, you could drop his shield and deal with them if if he wants to null deploy the rest of it? I think that's the case. But if it was, I don't know why he didn't just normal reserve them because the long board edge would have given him more of a uh, playing room. But, you know, that was his decision. Uh, it was a risk. It could have gone better. If he got the right side, I think it would have been... a. Uh, quite difficult to deal with because it meant I'd have to drop more away from um, his army so I think that's what he was trying to do get get it on that side to draw away some of my firepower but it didn't work <clears throat> so that was quite helpful um, so my turn 3 now again turn 2 was just shuffling around I think he killed a warp spider unit get a couple of maelstrom objectives etc uh, turn 3 was quite big for me so I basically brought on most of my army at this point um, and went for the drop on the uh, Corpse Thief. Um, after the dust settled, however, I think I only killed two of them and left one on a couple of wounds. Uh, I didn't roll many rending. I rolled poorly for hits and wounds. He rolled really well for his saves. I was, to be honest, expecting to kill a lot of them. I think I dropped like six Warp Spider units next to them, plus my scat bikes. I think he was saying as well he was expecting the unit to die, so it was pretty surprised and oh, happy when it wasn't yeah that put me on a bit of a back foot really because I was expecting them to die and then I could concentrate on the rest of the army and I wouldn't have to worry about concentrating all that firepower into the corpse thief again I thought if I do it this turn get rid of them I don't have to concentrate on them at all and I can just concentrate on the rest of his army because there wasn't really much else to shoot at so um, yeah because I think he's sweeping hawks only one unit arrived Warp Hunt arrived um, in the Voyager Generator, stuff like that. So I was like, oh, I'll just go for the Corpse Thief. Um, unfortunately, that didn't work out. I only killed, as I say, half the unit. Um, managed to get some good jumps away. I think that was pretty much it, turn three. Again, looking for Maelstrom and stuff. Sort of pressing my advantage, moving forward, trying to get the flanks on him with a couple of spider units. His turn three, I think, was quite devastating. I think that was the turn where he gets a lucky um, uh, Warp Hunter shot onto my Warlord and kills him, giving him the Warlord point. And that was quite frustrating, because um, every point at this point counts. Because I knew he was going to win Maelstrom, I'm going to struggle winning Primary, so I could at least try and win uh, Tertiary. However, that wasn't looking likely at this point. Luckily, I got First Blood, though. Um, so, yeah... Uh, I think he rolled pretty bad on his uh, charge range and movement through cover with his corpse thief, so they didn't move very far. Um, that was quite recurring for the rest of the game, really. Uh, the corpse thief just was shuffling forward. I would just bounce away. They didn't have anything to charge, and with their small threat range, they didn't really do anything for the rest of the game. Do you think he was making mistakes by going for longer charges, letting you shoot, like yeah, getting your watch off? Because then I. That's one point he said he probably should just run, just get the board position. Yeah, because he was going for like eight or nine inch charges, and I'm like, well, if you fail that, you're not moving at all. It's better to, and I'm not sure if, I think they do have fleet, correct me if I'm wrong. 
I couldn't tell you on that one. But if they did, I would have preferred just to run, go for like a five and a six, get in a better position, and then have that threat range on those two objectives, which I might need later on. Unfortunately, he didn't, which um, paid later off for me. So um, I think now we're on turn four. Um, because of all the tight uh, sort of um, pre-measuring, um, you know how games can get, especially with two MSU armies. Especially when you're tired as well, it does exactly. take a little bit longer. Um, by the sort of middle of, I think, my turn, they were starting to sort of rush us a bit saying that we're only going to get like 15 minutes each for turn 5 etc so I think turn 4 I started making a bit a few mistakes in my target priority not putting enough shots into things not fully killing like say a warp hunter having to literally just chuck units onto these objectives to start contesting them ready for turn 5 because it looked like we weren't allowed a turn 6 um, so yeah my turn 4 was literally starting to throw warp spiders at his objectives killed swooping hawks that was jumping down uh, he had a one unit that dropped sort of in the midst of my lines at the back he had a unit later on drop um, in sort of his area um, I managed to clear the unit near me with uh, some nice hellstorm goodness uh, so yeah it was looking it was looking good um, I was killing units still getting a couple of maelstrom here there but it, pardon me I think um, he was always up by one or two Maelstrom just because he had second turn. It was so difficult to, to stop that or him easily stopping mine. Um, yeah, so it basically came up to turn five at this point. Uh, we're looking at two objectives now, and I think the game was called turn five, dice down. Um, so I had my turn. Again, his corpse thief is just too far away to sort of be any any threat at all. So I moved my, I think I had four spider units onto his objectives, clearing out some of his swooping hawks. Uh, one unit assaulted another swooping hawks and left one guy alive, which was frustrating because I needed the kill point for the maelstrom. Um, I had two depleted units of spiders and a jet bike, I think, try and kill a warp hunter on one whole point, and that didn't work. Uh, you know, stuff was looking a bit last minute. Um, it was looking tight. And I'm trying to get the primary. If I win primary, I think I was going to win the... Uh, well, at the time, I think I thought I'd win the game. So, um, here's turn five. We look at the board and go, right. We discuss it and say, he needs to do this to win. He needs to do this to draw. Or, if he doesn't do this, I win. Um, which was fine. You know, I wasn't telling him what he should do. He was discussing it, and I was saying, right, yeah, if you do this, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. So there was... It's, it, I find it's best to talk things like that through rather than you get to the end of a massive game like that and go, oh, but we fought this. Like, no, yeah, no. exactly. So we talked everything through, and, and you know, the, the refs were quite um, fair on the point that, yeah, they they were quite strict on my 15 minutes, literally diced down, but then Sean was cool about me doing, like, a combat at the end, which was going into sort of his turn, theoretically. Um but you know, but at that point, like you're rushing around, making mistakes and stuff. It was uh, it was quite tense. So I went to Sean's turn, and he, uh, so he had to basically take his objectives and contest one of mine to win. Uh, he managed to take one. The other one he couldn't take or uh, he could only contest because I managed to kill all his jet bikes during the game. So he had no CAD. He had no objective secured. Um. He managed to kill my objective secured, so I couldn't take his objectives. 
that was quite important. That was one of the things he needed to do. He did. He then wanted to assault his corpse thief to start getting um, victory points because that's what it might have come down to. Unfortunately for Sean, I think that was a big mistake. Although at the time I didn't realize it, my Overwatch managed to kill one of his corpse thief, which was left on one wound, depleting the unit down to two rather than a three man. And I'll explain what how big that is later on. Spoiler alert: Sean's already told us. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll leave it anyway. He's yeah, he's, I'm sure he has. Um, so yeah, he also needed to make a I think it was like a nine inch charge with his swooping hawks with a reroll um, to contest one of my objectives um, on my side of the board, which he didn't luckily, and it did that that roll itself could have won him the game. Um, when we once we calculated it, I think we drew. I think I won primary. Because I had two, he had one. He won secondary, and we drew tertiary. So I think it was like uh, four, five, six, five, six. Yeah, it was six, six. So it came down to VPs. This is how tight the game was. Um, calculated the VPs, and as I said earlier, and yeah, he's already mentioned it. Because of the Overwatch, I got three hundred and something VPs for his corpse thief, which was massive. There was only a 150 point swing on me beating him, and because of that uh, assault, I managed to get 310 VPs more than I should have done. Because if they were a three man, I would have not got even half, because they were more than half strength. So that Overwatch, in the end, was the deciding factor. Yeah. Well, there was obviously lots of deciding factors. Yeah, that was the, game, which the final one. But that one was the one that stood out the most. Obviously, getting 300 VPs from an assault. Which didn't really matter. I don't even think he killed the unit. Um, was pretty big, but at the time we looked like it looked like it was going to be come down to VPs. And without sitting there calculating it all, neither of us knew whether he needed to do that sort or not. He probably did. Um, well, looking at it, he probably didn't actually. Um, that cost him the game, and I don't think he realised that. Neither did I until we calculated the points, which was um, pretty big. I know, at the end of that, I think you were too exhausted to really celebrate or let it sink in. No, I I literally just wanted a beer. I, I even said that to you, didn't I? I was like, I don't even know why I'm here, I just want a beer. <laughs> yeah, uh, so to that end, I managed to win an American tournament. The second Brit in three years, apparently. <laughs> yeah, Alex Fennell being the first and Alex Harrison being the second. Must be the name. All right. Charm. It was quite funny talking to Nick at the end after he turned around and said, nah, no uh, European can win a big American event. And then <laughs> yeah. someone turned around and went, what about Fennel? He went, oh, he doesn't count. He's American now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He is. He, he, he's pretty much integrated into the American society. He doesn't count. <laughs> and then you went and did that, which was fu- was funny for the rest yeah. of us. <laughs> yeah, Nick was not happy. <laughs> he's like, who let the Brit win? <laughs> nah. Yeah. It looked like a really good like final day. Yeah, dude. Every game was, although tight and difficult and at times tense, they were all really enjoyable. I had really good games. It was good to play some really good but fun sort of players. Um, Sean was a sound guy. It was a good laugh throughout. Um, I had no issues with him. Alan was a good laugh. You know, I always have a good laugh with Alan. Um, so, and I'm not gonna lie, I can't remember my first opponent's name for the. Oh. Nice guy, the Necron guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
And I know we are recording this a little bit after the event, so we can kind of be forgiven for forgetting the name. <laughs> if you remembered almost all of them. <laughs> yeah. So, no, it was good. Uh, massive props to my opponents, and yeah, it was a good day. Uh, and a big congratulations for winning an event with a, a not broken list at all. No, it's completely not broken. It's really tame, that list. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Well, it must have been. There was only a few of us there. <laughs> Not anymore. Because <laughs> uh, uh, me and Alex were in a, a lot of the group chats with Americans, so many have got to come out and bought 45 watt spiders. Loads of them. Namably, John Robert. <laughs> <laughs> John Parsons. Yeah, who uh, has just lost his first game with them. <laughs> oh, he lost off two out of three, I think. So. <laughs> oh, let down. <laughs> Poor John. But, nah, John was a really good laugh over the weekend. Props to John for sorting out Wednesday night. That was an Props epic John. night. Props to John for taking banter well. <laughs> <laughs> but now, overall, absolutely amazing week. Yeah, definitely. Would not I'd do a week again, but I'd recommend Vegas to I'd anybody. I'd recommend it, yeah, to anyone. It was awesome. Uh, made a load of new friends, load of the Americans, really sound guys. It's kind of like a UK event. Once you know a few people, they'll come and chat to you. Their mates will come and chat to you. Because there was a lot of people just there for Vegas as well. Just, so they weren't even yeah. playing. So there was a lot of times I'd have a couple of guys just ch- sitting chatting. And because it's such a big event, people are going to finish early, come over and chat to you. Loads of people came and said hi uh, from the podcast, which was really nice. A lot of nice feedback from that. It's good to hear people are enjoying it and listening. It makes all this hours and hours sat recording with people like you worth it. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Nah, it's all good. I think. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's definitely a good event and I definitely recommend it to anyone who fancies going to a, a big event abroad. LVO is definitely one of the bigger ones. Yeah, the frontline gaming guys do a top job. Really professional event. And I can't really fault them on it. No, everything went really smoothly, I think. The timings, the refs were really sound. I think the timings were a little tight for like getting food and between yeah. the start and finish rounds, but when you've got that many people, there's always going to be issues here or there. But it just is what it is. So, exactly. well done, Reese and Frankie, and everyone involved on that one, because... Some at that scale takes a lot of work to get going. Round of applause. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that was your hands clapping. <laughs> or was it? <laughs> nah, you're not blacky. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. But nah, thanks very much for coming on, Alex, and recording with us. And yeah, no worries, man. I'm sure I'll speak to you again pretty soon. So that is the first part of our Las Vegas Open coverage. Thanks again to Matt Robertson. Uh, for some excellent insight there <laughs> into what goes on with the lads on tour. Um, we'll be back with the second part very shortly. Uh, looking at some of the American players, top American players, and their experiences and going through some of their games uh, at the Las Vegas Open as well to give you some great insight into the competitive aspects of Warhammer 40,000. We should be dropping uh, an episode on Friday as well, which will be looking at the Codex Space Marines Angels of Death supplement, which is very, very strong, and you definitely need to know all about that. So look out for that episode coming on Friday. 
We also um, have some interviews coming up as well with some more players from around the world, and we're going to be launching some new features. If there's anything that you guys would like to uh, hear on the podcast, though, or if you've got any events that you want us to plug, because we're happy to plug your events as well, please get us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash AOC podcast. Of course, that's also the best way to keep up to date with what's going on with new episodes as we post them there on the Facebook wall as soon as they're uploaded. Or, of course, you can subscribe through uh, iTunes or your podcast aggregator app on your smartphone or tablet. We'll see you really soon for more content. Thank you so much. And don't forget, if you're looking to put an order in with Element Games for all your 40k needs or any other manner of uh, war game systems or hobby tools and supplies, do that through our um, partnership link. It helps the podcast. It gives you the same discount that you can expect from Element Games. Uh, it just helps us as a referrer, uh, if you can do that through bit.ly forward slash element AOC. That's all lowercase, uh, lowercase and all one word. We'll see you real soon. And don't forget to check back on Friday for that Angels of Death supplement review. Take care.